0: Welcome to episode 200 of Flicks into Six, a weekly podcast running for over five years with 200 episodes. Don't do the math. It's right. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the prey, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al.
1: This is Cinnamon Piss Man. Are you ready to
2: rock? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Nice. <laughs> on this week's episode, we've got the water discovery shakeup, the rehearsal, the unexpected return of Movie Pass, all before diving into our oh, flick yes. of the week, Pray, <laughs> But first, Al, uh, a quick note on episode 200. It's a long time coming. We've hit that mark. Apparently, Transistor thinks that we've already had 200 episodes because we got, like, a, an achievement for it. <laughs> and I'm thinking that's because of some of the shakeups of the, the first three episodes and, like, the holiday special that we did um, that we already yeah, broke we, that we've threshold. We've a
1: couple of, like, bonus C episodes that weren't on the normal titling structure.
3: Right? Yeah, so,
0: so so this is, like, the legit episode 200, titled 200 Uh, And we will, as uh, the Spin Tune Triumvirate, get together and do a little special episode probably next week. I'm not going to commit to anything. You know how schedules (laughs) be, but we're going to get you something, something for your ears. Uh, And we've got plans, so it'll be it'll be fun. Um, It's extremely
1: this show to celebrate the 200th episode and the 201st episode, which is really like the 208th episode.
0: That's right. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff, I think, to chat about today, um, especially in the consumption area. But first, ow, what are we drinking?
1: Sorry, I'm choking down some C4. Um, sure. <clears throat> so we are drinking a um, very good beer, uh, which I've had at least once before, from a very good brewery. Uh, it's District 96. This is essential juice. Um, it's a Northeast IPA, mm-hmm. 6.8% alcohol by volume. It comes in a pint. It's naturally processed, unfiltered beer. Um, it's brewed and canned at New City, New York, which is right near the Palisades Mall. Uh, oh. I know that because I went to both in the same day once. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a that good was day. Actually, that was when I picked up uh, these beers actually for you. I think I gave you one other one from them. Yes,
0: there's at least one more. It's completely dented to shit, but there's uh, one more.
1: Nice. Um but uh, yeah, no, I uh, I got a couple of their beers as a gift for my thirtieth birthday. And oh, I love them, and I had an opportunity to go there um, last year at the end, towards the end of the year, and pick up some more beers and everything. So, uh, well, here we go.
0: Nice. This uh, this can art is very pleasing to the eye. It's minimalist. I love it. I love it. Super straight lines, typewriter. Well. I guess stencilized, uh, spray paint like text. It's really you know. Nice. It
1: looks like it looks like um, when you see like military equipment when they like spray paint on like the outside of like boxes or something like that with like that sort of like very yeah like regimented font that that very, like you said kind of looks like like spray painted where they slapped a stencil on it and then just blasted Absolutely. it with some spray paint real quick.
0: I dig it. One thing I noticed it was weird in the light when I was pouring it. The color of the beer actually like very. Closely resembles the colored stripe at the top of the can when you're pouring it. Um, probably well, just the way the light was less some, it.
1: Of the gr- less some of the green.
0: Yeah, um, I, I definitely I see that green tinge. but
1: um. yeah, Because, I mean, it's it's very apparent on the can, obviously. It's almost like a key lime ish type yeah. of green.
0: Nice. This is, I don't know why. I'm just, I feel like Tom Hathaford in, uh, in Parks. Are, I just like the shapes and the colors. <laughs> the square one. <laughs> round one. The square one, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, you gotta, you're going to have to explain this one to me. I've got a beer question for you. Okay. I need to understand the difference between a Northeast IPA and a New England IPA.
1: <laughs> my guess would be, because they reside in New York, that they don't want to be associated specifically as New England IPA, mm. so they're kind of taking it back for themselves. That's my guess. I don't know.
0: Gotcha. Okay, well, I have seen other beers that have that do say Northeast that I just haven't I haven't taken note of if they're in the New York area because that w- that would be very very New York to be like. Uh, uh, uh. Well, technically
1: they're not in <laughs> New England, right? There, <laughs> the uh, Mid Atlantic states. So.
0: Yeah. Oh man, this smells nice. But it's the style, right? It's not like it's necessarily that it's from there.
1: Sure, just there. I mean, I'm guessing they'll probably tell you that there's some one little thing that they do specifically differently. I sure. don't know, because this is the first time I've taken note of the name as well, so.
0: Mm, gotcha. <clears throat> well then, let's give this one a taste. I'm really excited about this one. It's it's quite nice looking. This looks like everything I want in a beer, so I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> All right, cheers. Cheers. I would say that it's juicy and that that juice is essential. <laughs>
1: It is That's the nice. essential juice. Ooh. Yeah, no, the the beers from this brewery are really, really good. I, I've had probably five or six of them. Is that guava?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what
1: is that flavor? I want
0: to say it's. I want to say guava. <laughs> guava? <laughs> Sounds like something that would be in like a just like on the side in a Deadpool movie. <laughs>
1: I can just picture, hmm, that's nice. Is that? I want to say guava.
0: I want to say Absolutely. I, it, I actually, I'm not actually kidding. Uh, it reminds me of the guava rock star drink from back in the day. Um, mm. Whatever that like fruiting undertone is. I, I dig it. It tastes really nice. It's very smooth. Um, is it there's is like, guava or is it passion
1: fruit? It might be guava. You're right.
0: I think it's guava. It's,
1: it's not as robust a flavor as the time that I did that whatever that was last year, but mm-hmm. I think you're right.
0: Yeah, that's nice, though. And it's like uh, kind of like velvety mouthfeel, but like that effervescence on the finish. I like it. I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. You
1: know, it's got... I almost wonder... They didn't advertise it. I wonder if they snuck in a little bit of oats into this because that'll give you some of that, um, that velvety yeah. mouthfeel as well as, as I noted when we poured it before we turned on the recording... Dynamite head retention on this one. So yeah. I want to say they might have snuck some oats in there for the part of... Like a little part <laughs> Creamy
0: porridge it. style idea.
1: <laughs> that's what that's what makes it in Northeast. That's... But- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, that's good. I like that. I, I, I think I'm going to award this one a member of the Trace Thuckles Club.
1: I could go Trace Thuckles. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. Trace Thucklays. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We, we were just talking recently
1: about... Um, tres leches so (laughs)
0: i'm not sure i can can make that connection this is uh, well thank you for this one i appreciate you sharing um yeah
1: they make make really good really good ipas so
3: Mm.
0: oh my i'm gonna enjoy this for the rest of the episode um let's get into some news and nuggets okay did you see that did you feel that pause son of a bitch I thought I got it this time. I thought I did it well. I I logged while we're doing the nuggets. I forgot the beer again. <laughs> every time. Unreal. It's really... I, I think I'm just going to have to start removing that bookmark. Realistically, it's two minutes into every episode. Except, Do the you one really... Like would you miss the bookmark? Would you miss it? <laughs> would you miss it? <laughs> Are you suggesting that we blow up the moon? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, on this week's News and Nuggets section, we have, um, I guess, three to pick from here. I don't know what the rehearsal is, so I would like to start there.
1: Okay, so I thought you would be plugged into this, even if you hadn't watched it all. Now, full disclosure, I haven't watched it mm. at all. But this Wait a minute. The-
0: this just came back to me. This is uh, that Nathan guy on HBO?
1: Yeah, well, I thought you liked Nathan Fielder. I thought you liked him. I wouldn't say
0: I like- I mean, I've watched a couple of that Nathan for you. Show. Oh, I so
1: I I didn't we never really talked about the show, but I know a couple of times like you'd brought him up. So I thought you watched the show. Oh. And you no. like sent me something from the show once too.
0: Back in the Hoboken days, uh my former roommate, Michael Warren, uh introduced me to him. And okay. I thought I thought it was very funny and so hard to watch. Kind of in the same vein as I think you should leave, like just really uncomfortable to watch, but very funny.
1: Well, so the difference is, portions of it are like unscripted. Mm. His show, unlike, yeah. I think you should leave, which is heavily scripted.
0: Which are fully scripted, yeah.
1: Um, so <laughs> he wanted something spooky, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because their bones
0: <laughs> are their dollars. They pull your hair up, but not out. But not out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah sorry so okay so this is an interesting thing so i thought you were a fan of his show i wasn't sure if, if you'd tune in for the show so this show just the rehearsal just ended this past week um which depending on when this this episode releases could mean nothing or everything i don't know sure. um it was i don't know six or eight episodes or something like that and i've been hearing and reading people talking about it a ton of less last several weeks haven't got around to watching it i've been intrigued because it's become this minor phenomenon Online. Okay. And it went to the f- like, people were like losing their minds watching the show. And I was like, what is the deal? Now, I knew Red. the gist of what his stuff was all about because I'd seen a couple of clips from the original show. Sure. And it sounds like maybe he took it too far this time, but oh boy. People were like loving it through the whole run of the show. And the finale was. Incredibly divisive because the <laughs> depth and breadth of how much of this of his semi-scripted show was foisted onto people who were unaware of what was going on oh, was boy. like <laughs> crossed the line in ways that maybe even like Sasha Baron Cohen didn't.
0: Really, that's
1: there has been one that's very an accusation. I know it's been, well. Because the person who was not in on the joke in this case is a child. Yikes. The one who's like the most in, and that's vaguely spoilery. I don't want to say what or how or any more on that detail, because I've heard about the finale now, because they're talking about it on the Lebitard, Lebitard show today, and I was like, I I knew the premise overall without having seen too much in the way of spoilers just from following along people talking about it for the past like six weeks or whatever it was. Sure. <clears throat> and I heard people talking about this thing in the finale and I, they were kind of talking around it and I didn't really know what was going on, but it sounded like at the end, someone really like it didn't know. And like when it came to light, it was like, uh, and so I heard more in detail on the show today and I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> so now Yikes. I'm kind of, fascinated in the way that you are with a train wreck to watch this
0: same same but are you do you have to watch the whole thing or can you just watch the finale like is it a series my
1: guess is you probably have to watch the whole thing to for okay to fully take weight but like I said from what I understand I think it's only like six or eight episodes I'm not 100% sure
0: that sounds reasonable that's also but, probably the upper limit on what I could take
1: <laughs> yeah and so it was a weekly drop it wasn't now some sure. people have binged it and then like, I don't know what's real anymore. Uh, <laughs> whereas as opposed to the people who are watching it you know, episodically week by week we're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen next? That was hilarious. Wait, what the hell is actually going on? Etc. cetera, so on. It's okay. become, like, a real minor phenomenon because the people who are engaged with it are super engaged, but it's not like a Game of Thrones or Walking Dead type of viewership. Mm-hmm it's like a super niche thing on HBO. And there are people who are super into Nathan for you, yeah. which I, I get, even though I never got into it. Like I get why people liked it so much, mm-hmm. but it's a very niche group of viewership. And so from what I understand, when that show ended, my, I think just kind of reading between the lines, I think he's been working on this for like the years since that show has ended. Okay. Because what I was hearing from the finale was there is clear things in the betweens that was like they developed the arc of this show as it went along where they probably planted a bunch of seeds and waited to see what grew and then they pursued it. So (laughs) I had heard already that they may have greenlit a season two. So I wonder if he still had some irons in the fire. Sure. will be from this you know, work that he's been doing for the last couple of years to start the next season. But I, you know, the gist of it is, yeah, you know, I think people kind of have like fall for this trap of him where it's like, they kind of think he's like a bar rescue type of show, mm-hmm. but he's not doing it to help them with like their failing business or whatever. He's actually doing it just to mine comedy out of it. Yep. Um, yep. Right. Like that's the gist of the original show. And it sounds like he mm-hmm. amplified that like exponentially
0: for this one. Oh boy. And, okay, like, but now now I am really curious. I, I, so I, I think, think the, I'll watch this.
1: The gist of it is, I think that he hires like local actors, and I don't know if he's like acting like he's shooting like B roll stuff for like a show or something like that in a local area, and then it turns into his show. Basically, <laughs> I could <laughs> be wrong because I haven't watched. It. I don't know. So if someone's watching, sure. like yelling at the but at the at the. Uh, <laughs> At the speakers right now like i i'm not trying to do it like poor justice sure that's my guess based on what i've heard but i don't know and it sounds like he got really into a handful of people's lives in a way that's maybe possibly a bit unhealthy
0: <laughs> oh my god i i'm so fascinated by everything you're telling me right now and i, I know
1: I, i'm i'm fascinated but also kind of disturbed so
0: I, I think i would have to do this in a single like or like a two day watch because I don't know that I could stretch this out because I don't think I want to be a part of this for that long.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe like one a day or two a day would be sure. Safe. By yeah.
0: next week, by next week, we could talk about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: We're going to come back on. You're going to turn That's on the show. Fair. I
0: don't That's know fair.
1: why. Why did you tell me to watch the yes.
0: <laughs> That was it. 200 was the end. <laughs> That's when they stopped talking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I my, I I thought you were a bigger fan of the show than you obviously are. So mm. my assumption was maybe you had heard of the show, but hadn't got a chance to get around to it yet, or like yeah, maybe dude. you'd watched the first episode or two, but like we're planning on getting to it and hadn't yet. So
0: I, I, was surprised I, like I like saw it pop up on HBO, and it also thinks that I'm a fan of it because apparently I've watched part of the first episode. Not true. It might have just like played after something. Okay. But uh, it's like on my continue watching. I'm like, but I didn't start. <laughs>
1: Or maybe like Kim had the TV on and like saw it and like put on the first five minutes just to see what it was or something nah, like that. No, she
0: wouldn't have she wouldn't have watched that. I don't think she like okay. she could say I don't think she could stand his face.
1: Uh, wow, okay. <laughs> I know I saw him in something as like
0: a bit was he in Yeah, he's he popped even, up in stuff.
1: Was he in Torta Pharmacy? Did he have a small role in Torta?
0: Pharmacy? Oh, I think he might have been, yeah. Yes, that sounds right. And it would also be like the perfect
1: yeah <laughs> his his delivery
0: is. i forgot so... about those movies they were it was seven days in hell <laughs> that
1: i i loved both of them but seven days in hell is so so fantastic
0: it really i is. watched
1: uh earlier this year when when me and brian made the beef jerky mm-hmm.
2: um
1: we watched what well, one of the times we were waiting to like cycle the like the stuff when we're getting closer towards like which ones are done and we'll start pulling them off the racks we watched it because it's like forty five minutes long. We watched yeah. Seven Days in Hell because he had never seen or heard about either of them, and I it, it had been the first time I'd seen it and since we probably since we did the the joint episode a few years ago. Yeah, man, I, I and I've still only seen you know to Pharmacy those like two times. I'd, I'd like to revisit that one as well, but
0: man, Seven Days in Hell was so freaking funny. Now, is there is there supposed to be more?
1: So I remember years ago when when Tour de Pharmacy was coming out, I remember they interviewed him for I want to say the ringer, and there had initially been the deal for three of them. But
0: they only made and that pop star one didn't count? I don't think so. That wasn't an HBO exclusive, was it? I think it was. Was it? Was it? it? Maybe maybe not. Popstar. I
1: thought that was a theatrical. Never
0: stop, never stopping. Uh I don't see is there an easy way to find out when when something like that like what happened to you like where how did how did you come about where were you released
1: Um you're going to have to probably go like
0: on oh, distribution distributed by Universal Pictures that doesn't necessarily mean anything uh pop star movie release date that might help
1: Yeah I mean it had a box office and it was like a, okay. was a length wasn't it
0: uh i don't i don't remember i just remember it being yeah it's an hour and 27 so
1: yeah um and the other the other ones were hbo exclusive they did not have theatrical yeah. releases and they, they were both like 45 minutes long
0: oh or an hour long something like that That's they should absolutely do more of that because it was fantastic i, I, just, I know it's I, so I, funny just like so well scripted And, like, just pure talent in those interviews and stuff like that. It was really great. Great stuff. And they got
1: so many people involved. To get that many people bought in. Even Mm -hmm. some of them were, like, super famous and had, like, five-minute roles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's it's so great. It probably helps to... It seems seems that he's generally a nice person. And I assume uh, gets into the good graces of folks when he works with them. So, like, having been that way and being on SNL... I feel like, opens a lot of doors. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> like, God. for somebody to do, like, a five-minute bit that, like, you know, hey, like, I, I still have your number. Do you want... like And I, I can imagine, like, a text message being sent. Can you play this part? <laughs> and like, the exact thing of what that part is for two minutes? And the person would be like, absolutely. <laughs> I will well, play this of, nonsense character.
1: <laughs> part of what surprised me is, like, they had people who weren't even typically in comedies, like, involved with it. Like, I mean, yes. most of them were comedic actors and actresses. They had... Like for like the tennis one, like they had Serena Williams pretending <laughs> he was her adopted brother. Like, like I, it's just not something I would have expected her to do, considering it was making fun of tennis. But I don't know, maybe right. she has a great sense of humor. I, I've never thought sure. she had an absence of of sense of humor. I just didn't <laughs> right. realize it was that strong. You know,
0: <laughs> man, those were good. I would absolutely rewatch them. Cool. Well, I guess I'll check. I'll guess I will be checking out the rehearsal.
1: Yeah, um, just buyer beware because
0: yeah. it's an experience. Well, speaking of um, HBO and their Buyer Beware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Discovery. What's going on with the Warner Discovery shakeup?
1: Well, buyer beware is important because like the Warner brand has been passed around by a bunch of other mega corporations over the last 20 yeah. years. Um I saw something about it like not that long ago either, like where it's like like AOL time Warner, and then it was like I there was I forget who who it was after that. I think there was someone after that, and then it was AT&T, Time Warner, and now it's right. Discovery Warner, all that shit. Which I don't understand because HBO, huge great brand. Warner, ton of great stuff there, not all perfect, but whatever. Like there's a lot of big important stuff within that brand. And right. so everyone was panicking that this Warner just like Warner Discovery like merger thing was gonna be basically the no, end uh, of like, Warner.
0: It was an acquisition straight up though. It wasn't a merger, right?
1: <sighs> I've I don't think it's fifty fifty, but I mm. it's a merger, I think. Okay. That was my understanding. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I did not look at the financials, so I cannot say sure. for certain. But um it's been like advertised as like Warner Discovery
0: or whatever, like so it's
1: it's a partnership, right? but it might be sixty forty, I don't know.
0: sure. Uh, I think though I think the name the Warner name has a lot of recognition, so even if it were even yeah if there's an
1: there's an intangible value to that. yes, yeah. well, I suppose it's tangible because it's part of the acquisition cost, but mm. there is mm. a value to the name <laughs> that may ex like exceed what its actual like balance sheet assets sure. look
2: like. <laughs> um,
1: sure. Which is fine. That's, that happens sometimes. Name brand recognition yeah. matters, especially in media um, and entertainment. So yeah, that everyone thought the sky was falling. And there has definitely been some negatives coming out of it because for one thing, it looks like they're raping and pillaging HBO Max, which we've talked about a bunch of times on this show as being the clear-cut best streamer of all of them, at least in our opinion. Um, with the best content, the vastest of the contents, and mm-hmm. they've been in those couple of months since this has happened, been killing movies like Batgirl. They've been killing shows that were successful, killing yeah. shows that people were looking forward to, movies as well, like because it's all going to be part of like the that corporate raider bullshit stuff that they do to write off as part of the against the acquisition costs, et cetera, so right. on. All of those financial um things that we all hate that ruins creative endeavors and like i get it i have a background in accounting i get it to an extent but when it comes to companies like this i don't understand why that process goes on like this i don't understand why so many companies are having such a problem with running this like i T thought that they hit a home run when they they merged bought it whatever and Mm -hmm. ended up spinning it off i don't Now, part of that, you
0: you gotta wonder what is going on. Like, it it is curious because, like you're saying, like, there, I mean, the properties under their banner are insane. Well, I'll tell you, I think if you look at two of those companies
1: that we just mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. uh, AOL, Time Warner, you know, and ATT, it's two multimedia, but also specifically like internet. Companies that yeah. I think fell behind, and I think both of them took on massive debt elsewhere and have
0: done this to stay afloat,
1: right? AOL sure. was the clear-cut leader in internet providing, mm. right? and God, they, I miss
0: the AOL days, yeah.
1: They fell so far behind because they just stayed extremely tied to dial-up, right?
0: <laughs> sure. Like,
1: like, I'm sure I'm oversimplifying, but, like, that's the gist of what happened. I
3: right?
0: don't actually know. I do remember, like, I remember Roadrunner becoming a thing and then being like, oh, we can get that, and then we got that, and never looked back, and then and never heard of AOL again. Well, well there was two things there was two
1: stores. things that happened, right? There was broadband, Roadrunner, mm-hmm. and then DSL, whatever, at the same time. Yeah. And also, the rise of the search engine. The, those two things killed AOL in conjunction. Yeah. Um, And now AT&T, you know, they tried, I think, to just become too big to fail, but Verizon and T-Mobile all still exist, right? (laughs) You know, and and I think that there were other parts of the AT&T empire, which is too big for me to to possibly, like, illustrate, especially since I'm not an expert on all that, but um, I think that they also had some issues, and also I think they overvalued the amount of money they could make in some of what they were doing and just trying to drive. Plus we have to remember like the pandemic has been going on. Right. But Mm. like all these companies have been trying to drive people to their streaming services. And like you and I have been talking about for several years now, that bubble was going to burst and it is in the process of bursting it. We're watching it happen in real time. And I don't know what, it's not like it's going to go back to the way it was, but it is probably going to become something slightly more sensible than what it's been for the last year or two.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I was listening to a tech podcast, and they were they were like, "It's basically there's just this cycle of you buy things in bundles, and then you buy them piecemeal, and we're just we've just transitioned back into bundles again." <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Because D- Disney is doing that with like, yeah. their ESPN, H- Hulu, and Disney Plus bundle, which makes sense when you own these disparate things and you can bundle these services together, right? You know, Peacock can bundle with comcast and nbc universal all that shit and that's great but that's still really just one streaming service and also cable i guess um yeah paramount viacom like cbs all that shit is again like okay so you could bundle like i guess cbs sports um with showtime and paramount plus but they kind of just been driving all of that to paramount plus so again like you're not really bundling in that same way if that one streamer gives you access to all those things But even then, you're not going to just buy Paramount Plus for the sliver of channels live TV that they have in that way. Like Hulu, if you do the Disney thing with Hulu, you're not just getting access to ESPN and ABC. Like you could buy the rights to actual live TV through Hulu, right? And like Mm -hmm. an upgrade to like their advanced like package, whatever it's called. Um, Yeah. It's still not a perfect solution. So what's going to happen is – Is the two or three companies going to buy up everything? Is someone going to eventually buy Discovery, HBO, Warner, whatever, to bundle with their other stuff? I don't know.
0: Yeah, who can say? Verizon. Verizon will buy it next.
1: (laughs) It's possible. I mean, Verizon has kind of been sitting off to the side of some of this stuff. It's been my read on the situation.
0: Uh, Verizon bought AOL in 2015, I think, like or some yeah <laughs> before but like spinning it something. off just for cash.
1: Yeah, I guess so. So I, I don't know, like you know. And then you got to you know wonder about Apple and and Google and and Amazon. Like they're all doing their different stuff. They're they've all been vying for you know different like sports right packages. Right, Apple has gotten firmly into the game with they have their MLB package. They started this year, I think. Do they have sock? I think they have MLS as well.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: And then they are hot and heavy on the NFL Sunday Ticket package as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still don't know who's going to take those rights over for next season. DirecTV still has that. DirecTV used to, has been part of the AT and T as well, but I don't know how much longer that'll last. Considering AT and T just spun off Warner.
2: Hmm.
0: Very strange, but it, it, it is it is interesting, right? Like, cause like. Like we said, like there's there are so many properties tied to Warner Brothers that you would think you would think that they could like recoup that expense with relative ease. Except that the people, it seems like maybe part of the problem is continuing on with the teams that were handle that were already mishandling the properties. Like that, like they they're not just they're not just taking the properties; they're taking everything that came with it and just letting it continue on. Well, not now. Obviously, they just cut a bunch of shit, but well, that so was probably a, the right move.
1: Well, yes and no. There's, in, in some ways, cutting their losses on upcoming projects and all that. I can understand some of that to a degree. I think you could say, this project I agree, this project I don't agree, whatever, this studio, sure. this production company, etc., so on. You could quibble over that, but to an extent, you in the big picture, you understand why they're doing some of that, even if you disagree with some of the ones that they're choosing to save or not save. Uh, what is a little more concerning to me is I've been already hearing in the last week or so that a bunch of established stuff, even stuff that was done, or movies that had been done, shows, some of that is getting purged from HBO, and that won't exist anymore.
0: What for the, do you mean, like, stuff that has already released? Yeah. Oh, weird.
1: Yes, that's the thing I don't understand. Because so I've been hearing stories about, like, I think, I don't know if it was the girl who plays Batgirl or, or one of the leads of that movie all of the footage was deleted from their server. Like
0: the people. Well, no, I heard that, but that wasn't like that. out. No, no I understand. Idea. Okay.
1: That I understand, though. I still don't think it makes a lot of sense. Like, you could probably sure. repackage that or repurpose it in some way, shape, or form. Or just, like, what does it cost to just hold on to it? Not to very much. It, yeah. In, yeah. Yeah, like in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I, I forget what now, but I saw something earlier today, or maybe it was last night, about some couple of shows that, like, already existed and like oh. were published people had watched them getting like per from hbo which does not make much sense to me no that you know, is
0: really this. strange oh man um, and, also and, i know, would just gonna, like to point out that they say that it was deleted but i guarantee you like i can imagine what their structure is like for servers and holding on to data and stuff like that it's somewhere <laughs> 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 nothing's ever going to be fully deleted but <laughs> i'm possibly. sure they've got it somewhere
2: Possibly. It's also on
0: someone's flash drive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's entirely possible, but either way, it's odd. I I could understand why you know they have all these different like deals and cross deals with like turner classic
0: movies and of course like
1: this like random old stuff that's on HBO, which is great. Like I'll never get through all of it. I don't even want to get through all of it. But there's I like I've, we've talked about it in the last couple of years. I've like fired up some random ass like old classic movies. I never would. It's great to have that watched. option,
0: too. No. And
1: like I could, but I, as much as I dislike it personally, I can understand why they might pare that down some, but as far as original content, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me that like, you own that stuff. That's something mm-hmm. you could possibly sell to someone for maybe pennies on the dollar, but you're still realizing, you know, income revenue, profit, whatever.
0: Yeah. I, I was always, I mean, I was kind of curious about the rotation out of things in, on other services. This doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Well, this doesn't make any sense to me. If they, if it's properties that they own that are finished, I don't, I really don't understand why you wouldn't just keep it around unless your plan is to re is it to like redistribute it again in some other means.
1: It's possible, and we've already seen even like the stuff that's come out in the last couple of years, where like the stuff that they did the theatrical release with like the thirty day window, and then they put mm-hmm. it on like uh, where they like co release it on that and HBO Max, and then they take it off HBO Max because the whole point was to create an artificial. Um, inflation there of like your desire to go watch the movie because right. it's be available for the next three months or six months or whatever it was. That's I
0: just fact. found that irritating.
1: it irritating, frustrating, but at least I understood the premise. Like, it, sure. it, I thought it was a defensible premise if the point is for you to drive viewership or subscriptions. Like, it's mm. you're you're creating artificial scarcity, but like that's for a purpose. Like, I, I get that, and eventually it came back. If you yeah. got the patience to wait, you're rewarded, I guess, or whatever. I don't know, but. And they you know some of these services even do that like here and there where like they will they'll put up, oh, it's leaving next month. like make mm-hmm. sure you watch it and, and you'll watch it and then it's gone for six months and then it's back and you know it's all good. whatever.
0: But, with you if I want to watch it in that six month window, I'm gonna download it.
1: And a lot of people will. Um, yeah. and that's fine, I guess, right?
0: Um, I think so because like uh, don't don't play games with me. It's like I'm already paying for your subscription service. I don't have time for this.
1: Sure. Um, but then you have, like, this this whole thing that's been happening, right? I have a story here on Variety from today. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and Shazam! Fury of the Gods will land in theaters later than planned. Warner Brothers and S. Still happening, huh? Yeah. Well, we got a trailer for Shazam! Fury of the Gods, right? Yeah. Um, Warner Brothers and slew release date changes on Wednesday, pushing the Aquaman follow-up from March 17th, 2023, now to December 25th, 2023. The Shazam sequel will open on the date previously occupied by Jason Mamawa's Hulking King of Atlantis. The story about Zachary Levi's Billy Batson was originally set for December 21st, 2022.
0: That's so weird. Like, I assume that movie's close to, if not completed. Yeah, it's supposed to come out in four months. So, like, that's so, like, that's another one that's like, what is the play? I'm sure there's a reason for it. I'm sure somebody crunching numbers somewhere has an explanation that it's probably better for them to not reveal that. But I am so like, I am just so curious how this stuff works and why you would do that.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I can understand probably the moving of the, um, Aquaman movie. Cause that's further down the line. Mm. We haven't
0: seen a full trailer for that yet. Right? No, I don't think so. I think it's just been teasers. Uh, the the whole thing is what's funny to me is I think like March and December are, are in my mind, from my experiences with going to the movies very regularly, like it, those two times of year are interchangeable. They're not big times of the year for movies. So I don't really understand them. De-
1: December can be. There's always a big event films that come out in December.
0: It, it's, it gets complicated, though, because there's a lot of I, obviously, I like, you know. Releasing a movie on Christmas and stuff, cool. I get it. Like, they do that. They do a Thanksgiving movie usually, and that's fine. Um, But you are kind of axing out a whole group of people by doing that, like, on those days. Well, it doesn't have to be
1: Christmas. It doesn't have to be Christmas Day, though. It can be that weekend. Like, we we know because they've made an obscene amount of money and they've done it in recent time. The Star Wars movies have have all been released in fucking December.
0: But the Star Wars movies have that clout. Like you're going to see a Star Wars movie. You don't care when it's coming out. It doesn't Fine, matter. But
1: so then, if you want to look at something else, then right, the Avatar movies have have dedicated. They're going to be all out in December's.
0: That also is going to be, I think, is more realistically a cultural movement than Aquaman.
1: But <laughs> like, I'm just saying. That, I'm just saying we we have a a tried and true history of event movies sure
0: to in December. Uh, sure and with uh, that being said though i like what is are you are you do you really think aquaman 2 is going to be an event movie i mean they think it is i can't imagine
2: no, there's
0: like a, there's they, a got, they, they got they gotta know right
1: there's a million dc stands out there like at, and listen if that's your cup of tea that's fine it's not totally really ours. fine for the most part we've we've enjoyed some of it we've hated some of it that's all good well and good there are millions of them out there because they keep making a ton of money on these crap-ass movies. So Mm -hmm. they exist. These people exist. And that's fine. So if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. I don't know. Um, I mean, they've shown that it's financially feasible. Well,
0: okay, you know what? Here's the only thing that I'll... If that's the play, then that just means that they don't have anything else for that type of slot because those are not... Those are B-caliber movies for that time frame. They just are, historically. The
1: the only reason I brought this up was because we've seen a million. I mean, Disney and Marvel and Star Wars mm -hmm. and whatever has has moved stuff around. Um, Warner with with Dune, they moved that stuff around. But most of the time, those movies being moved around was because they weren't done yet. And they knew ahead of time, they, they did it long enough in advance, that's fine. Like, we've often long been advocates of wait longer if it means you get it right. That's yeah, okay. Absolutely. But with this coming on the heels of the news about Warner, when they didn't just move one movie, they moved two movies back. One of which essentially should be done. And that wasn't the leading move. If it was, mm-hmm. we need to move Shazam back. So we're also moving Aquaman back so that we can keep them spaced out the way we wanted to. That would hit differently as news. than we're moving Aquaman back. And also, by the way, we're just going to drag Shazam with it. And right. this coming on the heels of this merger and acquisition of this brand, this company, obviously,
0: it shows a, a big red flag. So it's so weird. Does did does Black Adam have a solid release date at this point? Well, they finally had. Was it a full trailer or just a teaser? I never even. Watched I think it was a full trailer.
1: Okay, I but, I thought that was supposed to be next year as well.
0: Let's see if we have one Black Adam. Uh, but who knows? That might be
1: moving as well. I I I did post sure. to the rest.
0: October twenty first of this year. Yeah.
1: Oh, fuck. I'm was very a bunch of other surprised movies. by that. There's a bunch of other movies they mentioned in this story, but like it's like an untitled event film. It's
0: okay, be... so some, this. Okay, looking at this, this makes a lot of sense to me. If Black Adam is coming out in October, there's no there's reason, reason for them, them to release another movie in December in this universe.
1: Yeah, I mean, Marvel can get away with it. They can't.
0: No, they can't because it's not good and it's not cohesive. Like the, well, the bigger
1: thing is it's not cohesive.
0: Yeah, the by moving it to if you're if you look at October, then March, then December, totally get that. That actually makes a lot of sense to me, especially if you want to streamline like when you spike revenue, which I also am going to assume aligns with some sort of fiscal quarter in some way, so that it makes more of an impact.
1: Yeah, especially when you consider that they've already announced they yeah. killed Backo, not because it wasn't good. They literally purely said this is a death play.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy.
1: It, like it's the the movie is done.
0: It's crazy. That, like <laughs> and I don't I I don't care. It's not something that I was like beating down the doors to see, but like I would have liked to see all, it. I I'm not thrilled that it's in that same universe, but I would have liked to see it. But
1: my my point is it's fucked up to all the people who worked on it. Yes. It's fucked up to all the fans who were excited to see it.
0: Yeah, very much so.
1: And it's fucked up as just like a general like that sort of practice is offensive to me financially. Mm-hmm. Like I get why people do it. Yeah. I hate those sorts of loopholes. And I especially hate it when it comes to creative stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like much, when it's just, yes.
0: when it's just, like, it's too much like business numbers
1: actually. and lines when it's widgets, like whatever. Yeah. But this is, and you can debate how much art you're getting out of a bat curl movie, whatever. Like, and I'm, I don't care. It could be the most artistic thing or it could be the least artistic thing. But my point is it's a commercial endeavor mm-hmm. of artistic relevance or whatever. Like it's, like the, the, the people it, who it, wrote it and acted in it and directed it and right. lit it and built the stages and built like it's an artistic Ooh, endeavor. So much hard work a massive work into scale. It.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like and and I can appreciate that. Like it's yeah. Like sure. Like maybe you know any anything from green lighting it to writing it potentially, depending on who's doing. It, like could be just a commercial move, but yes. Regardless, there's at least one person there's at least one person who was giving it everything they've got (laughs) and that really sucks and like it's it's almost certainly more than one but like that really does it's so lame that's just I like this
1: this would be this would be skeevy if it was like a fucking like cargo ship like we built a whole cargo ship and we decided to blow it up into the atlantic and never sail it because it would be good for our balance sheet like that would still feel wrong even though like it's not like no one passionately built that ship, you know what I mean? Like no one passionately understand. made that movie. But
0: why well, like, couldn't they get their hands on Power of the Dog? Is what I want to know. Like <laughs> cancel that shit, like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because because that didn't
0: cost any money to make, so it doesn't help them on the balance sheet. I bet you that jacket that Jesse Plemons wears in the screen test cost the enti- the amount of that. <laughs> of This Batgirl movie that was ridiculous. Movies,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's a lot of money. The point is, I, I I remember seeing what it was, and I'm gonna like misquote it to say, it. it was, like, sure. You know, it's millions upon millions of dollars.
0: Let me see if I can find it real quick. I mean, I think it was, if like, you if you start to search Batgirl, it the immediate thing that pops up is release date, and then the actual release date that was slated in the drop down menu of Google because it's like all still indexed and cached. <laughs> I think it was like I think 90. It was like eighty
1: million dollar uh, ninety okay
0: ninety <laughs>
1: yeah. But so to them, they spent ninety million dollars on that, and they're going to let it on fire.
0: Batgirl cost a modest ninety million dollars and was still too much of a risk for theaters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, but like I don't understand at this point. Like I I've been the one who said like sunk costs or whatever. Like wouldn't they have a more beneficial like tax situation? lighting the flash movie on fire than this
0: one seriously they had and that's to spend, not it, that's it, not officially canceled right
1: no that's what i'm saying they just to spend at least twice that on that movie
0: i'm gonna look at the budget
1: and it's an easy 200 million
0: dollars <laughs> like i said at least <laughs> twice <laughs> oh, holy moly that's oh my god Caught that that thing's gonna be a train wreck yeah like there was a chance Batgirl
1: could be good. There seems to be very Absolutely. small that the Flash movie will be
0: good. Yeah, Brendan Fraser as the Firefly. I mean,
1: wait, is he really? Ew. <laughs> I had no idea he was in that movie.
0: I neither did I until this popped up. And Michael Keaton is Batman again. That uh, I knew. Yeah, J.K. Simmons as Gordon, which is now just blurring the lines of all the universes. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Oh man, that's a shame. I would have liked to see that. I that'll. I'm telling you, the 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 content exists somewhere, and we'll be able to get our hands on it eventually. Remain to be seen. Man, justice, not justice. Oh God, Justice League budget was 300 million. Zack Snyder's Justice League was 70 million. Do you add those together?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Does that mean Jack, Zach? Uh, Zach? Zach? Oh, and justice also League by the way, I heard that 70 million dollars. I think
1: I forget. Did we talk about that on the show? Like the last episode or two episodes ago? I know I I read a story about it, and I couldn't remember if I decided to bring it to air or not, but I heard that number was possibly way underrepresented what it actually was, that it Mm. easily exceeded $100 million what they spent on the reshoots and all that shit.
0: Damn. That's crazy. 185 on the Suicide Squad is interesting to me, too. Wow. That girl was only 90 mil. Like, that actually seems like pennies now when you're comparing it to these other ones. That's
1: what I'm saying. And so, like... You know, going back to the original point about all these mergers and spinoffs and all that sort of stuff, like there's clearly issues with AT&T, DirecTV, whatever, being legacy media that is maybe becoming on the fringe of being a dinosaur. And they had too much bloat in their operations that they needed to streamline and get some some revenue pumped into them by spinning this off and all that as they try and figure out their strategy. But hmm. to me... I would think Warner is a cash cow. That feels like a short sighted move to me, but who knows how dire their straits are. Maybe they that they were willing to take a hit. They were willing to take pennies sure. on the dollar for the instant cash. You know, liquidity has its own value, right?
0: Is but, there a chance that they they got their hands on it and were like it's I mean, maybe it just wasn't good. I I think
1: you know Warner, when you talk about it at its highest level, so much value in those properties we've we've discussed. Mm-hmm. HBO, by and large, has been pretty fantastic. Casey Boy seems to do a pretty good job running HBO. They mm-hmm. put out tremendous content. They've had pretty great subscriber base, whether it be on the HBO Max side on its own or through buys on like linear cable and all that sort of stuff. Right? It is powerful. I don't know what their financials look like, but By and large, it seems like they're very successful in that way. We know there's been rampant mismanagement of the DC brand. Not just in what's come to air, but how they've been spending, how they've run it, the turnover, the turmoil within the studios. Mm -hmm. It's possible that that could be a big enough anchor around Warner's
0: neck. What if (laughs) uh, did they shelve this movie slash pretend they deleted all of it? To create a movement around wanting to see it. To drill up hype. To I'm not even kidding.
1: So that's what, so, I, so I guess we didn't talk about it on the show. I actually don't remember. Because it's been a long enough ago now. I, I read this story. I, did I not send it to you? The whole thing about... the They did a lot of analysis of the release of Snyder Cut. And mm. it was a tremendous amount of it was like sock puppet
0: accounts. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that.
1: Okay. No, but like verified, like that's what it was. Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember if we talked about it on the show or not. Yeah. So I can't imagine they went to that same trick again after that story. HBO themselves commissioned some of that research because, well, or not HBO, um, Warner commissioned some of that research because, like, it turns out, like, we felt bad and should continue to feel bad for the personal struggles of the Snyder family. But it seems like what he and his people did around the Justice League. Really beyond the pale.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just I could see them doing this and then eventually releasing it and then playing the hero that they did it.
1: But but the thing is, it would be discovery, right? Yeah. So maybe so. What do they watch that from afar and be like, "Ooh, that was a good idea. Let's do that too. We can come in and look like the bad guys and then we get to be the heroes because that's not like abusive relationship. That's definitely not gaslighting or any of that.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I feel like if they did that, I would have to pirate the movie on principle. (laughs) (laughs)
1: even though you have an hbo account
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) oh my god i let's move on i didn't expect i have got one i've got one story for news and nuggets i meant Um, to send
1: you something about that the other day i'm glad (laughs) that you found it yourself and you're gonna bring to the show because you are the expert on this topic
0: so i i uh, here's the thing i i subscribe to the morning brew newsletter which i really enjoy every morning yeah, you i'll said, scan you through send me
1: it snippets of it some
0: days I, I usually send you a couple clips um and when i saw a story about movie returning i was like al is going to love this <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, their writing is really funny too so i i really appreciate that the way that they um they run these stories, but I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read an excerpt relatively quickly from from their from the Morning Brews newsletter about MoviePass. The millennial version of the good old days when your MoviePass account gave you the opportunity to see Clint Eastwood's The Mule thirty times in theaters for just ten dollars <laughs> may be on its way back. The notir- the notorious flameout subscription service will relaunch in beta form on Labor Day, probably in more than than one, beginning this Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Anyone interested in giving this Toxic X a second chance can join a waitlist for the coming beta version via MoviePass.com. And lest you were worried, MoviePass promises it's changed for real this time. Oh, God. <laughs> the service is markedly different from the from the days of 2018. I So this is interesting, though. The, so Obviously, we all knew, uh, which is why it was a running joke on this show, that that was not a sustainable business model. And <laughs> what they've decided to do is what Cinemark does for their movie pass, basically, except they give you a couple more options. So users can choose from three price tiers: $10, $20, or $30 a month. Uh, and those tiers will determine the number of monthly credits you receive to go to see movies. So $10 a month, a movie a month, 22 movies, right? Now, this sounds good. Probably Are you if supposed you... to
1: discount it though? Isn't it supposed to be like ten dollars a month gets you one movie, like nineteen dollars a month gets you two movies, and like twenty seven dollars a month gives you three movies?
0: <laughs> probably. Although except the only thing I would say for that is ten dollars per ticket is is already a heavy discount, so
1: no, I'm just I'm just saying like if you're gonna get ten dollars a yeah. month like like you, the, the, the,
0: you you typically like scale up <laughs> unless like, you you're like take some notes just take some notes from any other company for your pricing model. <laughs> well, I was saying, um, unless the
1: only alternative is sometimes right when you do like when you do like the standard like step tier like usually it comes with perks then right like okay sure. you, twenty dollars a month gets you two tickets plus
0: right one you free popcorn Like, it's, okay yeah. fine yeah right? like, you know, whatever. Exactly.
1: You, like, that's how you justify doing it that way, and, like, that's that's fine, too, if that's how you want to do it, whatever.
0: So, the, and this is, I mean, this is probably cool, and this does seem more sustainable. I still don't quite understand what their earning structure is like, but um, this is more realistic than unlimited movies for $10 a month. It still doesn't uh, make sense. It, it doesn't, but it is, for the consumer, I could see wanting to get this if you have a number of movie theaters that are different branches like in your area that you go to. For me personally, the closest movie theater is closest by far to other movie theaters. And it is Mm -hmm. that Cinemark movie theater and their movie. And it's uh, a nice movie theater. It's a great, I love that theater. It's my favorite movie theater because it's one, it's mine. And two, it is comfortable and nice and fairly, fairly clean. But with movie club, I pay $10 a month for one credit. And then twenty it's twenty percent off concessions. And it's a disc I think it's like some you get like some discounted rates on certain parts of like certain orders or whatever. Your credits roll over, which is great for me because I haven't been able to go as often as I used. So when I do start going back regularly, I have these credits built up, which is nice. And then also yeah. you earn points for every purchase which then translate into more tickets. Like it is a really good deal to keep you going to that theater and it yeah. that makes sense, right? Cuz you yes. will with 20% off you're gonna buy concessions. With a yeah. 20% off on concessions, they're still making an insane amount of money on popcorn. Like it's not yeah.
1: it's, <laughs> it's, it's well it's well documented that like all movie theater foods and drinks are some of the most upcharged things in the world, but specifically movie theater popcorn is mm-hmm. like ranks amongst in like the world, some of the most like by percentage yeah. of cost versus like sale price, the most it's one of the most upcharged things in the world.
0: Yeah, it's 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 bizarre. So
1: a twenty percent discount of the most upcharged thing in the world still makes it in like the top ten most upcharged I'm, thing absolutely in and the I'm world,
0: still gonna, <laughs> and I'm still gonna pay for it. Because honestly, like I, I it's, no, it's, it's weird. Movie a popcorn is Movie theater popcorn's great, and also, I actually, I do understand that, like, this is how the movie theater stays in business, and I yeah. want the movie theater to stay in business. So I will absolutely buy something every time.
1: Although, conversely, I also know that gas stations stay in business by you going inside and buying stuff, and I very rarely do so. But I also drive such an obscene amount that you're just going to have to take the very small amount of profit you made, or sometimes, right. in <laughs> some cases, more yeah. profit than you think. Uh, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, this closes with, since movies pass this fall from gray, several theaters have launched their own private movie pass, which is kind of what we were just talking about. AMC's <laughs> got Stubbs, Regal's got Unlimited, and Alamo season pass. Um, the one that I do is Movie Club with Cinemark. But so it's like, so time will tell if stumbling cinema market will, if if the stumbling cinema market still warrants the existence of a third-party service. I would argue that they are in, like, they may have lit the fire to cause these other ones to start doing this. But because they even made a little bit of an effort, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> like I can't imagine, you, like for ten dollars a month. Well, except maybe AMC's. I'm sure theirs is something stupid. It's probably like twenty or thirty dollars a month. You maybe get half a movie. Like I, who knows what it is? I just imagine that it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> thirty
1: dollars a month and you're guaranteed standing room only.
0: <laughs> right, right. I'm pretty sure. Like, didn't like Regal go like bankrupt or something? Did it? Does it, I feel does like something.
1: Anymore?
0: I feel like something something big happened with them recently. I could be speaking out of turn, but uh, I've been I have been saying for a while now the occasion the occasional time that I go to the Regal in Naduet makes me believe that they are out of business <laughs> <laughs> because there's no <laughs> one there. <laughs> but, actually, there was there was plenty of people there for Thor: Love and Thunder, so that's not fair. Anyway. Uh-oh, here's
1: a story on CNBC from two days ago. Yikes! AM- AMC shares fall 40% as Regal Cinemas owner warns of potential bankruptcy. AP and trade shares of theater chain and meme trader favorite AMC fell on my Remember AMC being part of the stonks movement?
0: <laughs> I may or may not have made like well over six hundred dollars on AMC trades because of that. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs>
1: Uh, so you were one of the smart ones who who, who, bought, who bought it, sold it after a modest profit, and then never thought about it again. <laughs> like, everyone, like everyone should have done with that. Um, share of theater chains and meme trade her favorite AMC fell on Monday as a rival warned of potential bankruptcy. A new preferred share class hit the market. AMC's stock dropped nearly 42%, building on a loss of more than 26% last week. The new preferred shares from AMC were likely a major reason for the decline. The theater's Chains, APE units, a tool for the company to potentially raise additional cash in the future. Began trading on Monday after being distributed to investors as a dividend. The new share class resembles a stock split in some ways. The combined value of one AMC share and one APE unit at Monday's close was about 8.7%. Below Friday's AMC closing price, when adjusted for APE's price at its first trade, shares of AMC were down 5.5%. It's effectively a 2-for-1 stock split, and I would expect that once it becomes effective. That the price per share should drop by about 50%, just as normally happens for a two-for-one stock.
0: <laughs> that whole thing is kind of funny to me, too.
1: Sorry, the drop also comes as rival Cineworld said on Monday it is considering filing bankruptcy. After Cineworld released a warning about its liquidity position last week, AMC CEO Adam Aaron said in a statement that we remain confident about AMC's future, that the company was quite optimistic about movies coming in the fourth quarter and in 2023. Even as 2022 has seen big movie hits like Top Gun Maverick and the studio executives have signaled an interest in pivoting back to theaters instead of streaming only releases, the U.S. box office remains well below its pre-pandemic levels. AMC reported more than $5 billion long-term debt at the end of the second quarter. That total cost to more than $10 when including lease obligations and liabilities. Man. Of course, they're pivoting back to fucking theaters when all of these streamers realize, and this is part of the HBO story, even though HBO, like I said, is as robust as any of these. I've always been confused. Netflix confused me the most, but with all of these streamers, I have been so confused by the model of we are going to spend $80 million on a movie that if you are a subscriber, you get to watch because it doesn't matter what the movie. The reputation is still not in the place for any of these streamers to push millions of people to subscribe who don't normally subscribe there's no way to recoup that money yeah see all along i've thought it should be something along these lines right okay we have a big ticket movie we're amazon we're hbo we're netflix whatever right pick your favorite premium streamer We have this big ticket movie we want you to watch if you want to watch it we will not be releasing it in theaters if you are a subscriber three dollars five dollars if you are a subscriber, subscriber, $20. That's the way you could actually make money on this shit.
0: Hang on a second. Hang on. M- yes. However, I just quick, quick Google search. Don't know how accurate these numbers are. Netflix ended second quarter with 220.67 million global paid subscribers.
1: That First of all, could you read further in that story? Because they said for the first time and like they've had successive like Quarters of like ten million subscribers like
0: that can't be right dropping right it,
1: dropping it. no globally, they said yeah, two
0: hundred
1: twenty million out of like seven or eight billion people in the world that you no, know, that's feasible,
0: okay, so if you look at that and you look at minimum ten dollars a month,
1: not ten more like fifteen
0: exactly, so minimum ten because there's like some variance like they can afford to do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> No, but they clearly can't though because
1: if you look, I don't um, I'm probably not doing the numbers justice. They have been haemorrhaging subscribers for the last six months.
0: But even so No,
1: millions per month hmm. of subscribers, not dollars, subscribers.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. How many? And alongside of have?
1: that, they've upped the price and up the price and upped the price. And now they're gonna add ads too on Netflix.
0: Yeah, that's that that drives me crazy. That makes me kind of like I, I react. I really do like. I like it's HBO Max for me then Netflix. Um, adding ads to that would really kill it. The like, well, we'll talk about it later. But uh, Netflix Pre doesn't have on... anything
1: anymore. What, what does Netflix have?
0: No.
1: The, the well, Witcher. That's it.
0: The Witcher and uh, Never Have I Ever, which we'll talk about later too.
1: <laughs> sure, if you say so. They have not. They still have not made a single good movie. Any of the good shows they had, uh, yeah. they've either canceled or have run their course. They have nothing. They have a ton of shit. Because and we all joked about it for years. The the common man, other streamers and other like networks and movies have been making jokes about Netflix. If you come to us with an idea, we will give you money to make it. Doesn't matter if the idea is good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. If you come to us, we will give you money. You can't well, do that forever. Out of and, and I appreciate it. if you want to be the buffet where everyone can find something, that's great. But that doesn't mean like, if I go into a buffet and you're serving me actual human shit, I'm not going to eat it, and I'm probably going to stop coming to your buffet. Guess what, Netflix? I'm canceling my subscription pretty
0: soon. Well, it, if you want to look at a little bit at technical history, right? Like, we were just talking about AOL not that long ago. The first big player in the space fumbled after some time like of sitting pretty and yeah. disappeared. It's very possible these- the same thing will happen to them. Like, it every doesn't look likely at this point, but it's very possible.
1: Every one of these companies does the tortoise and the hare thing. Every one of them gets so far ahead, mm-hmm. th- then they go take a nap. Yeah. And then yeah. they don't exist anymore.
0: Speaking of which, I did watch that tortoise and hare episode on HBO Max. Not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Elio seemed to like it. He's Tyron Kruger, the tortoise and the hare. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. What a self-referential show we've got going here! <laughs> My goodness, I think it's time for some uh, consumption. What do you say? Yes, because we've I, we thought this was going to be a short, short news. So I, we had plenty to talk about there. Plenty uh, under the consumption section. I've got about seven things.
1: I also have quite a few things,
0: which is surprising. I usually don't yeah, have that recorded. long. we, That's
1: we haven't recorded in a month.
0: <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it feels like I've consumed an unhealthy amount of things, but, um, the first one that is uh mutual for us is better call Saul, which, uh, aside from that being an absolutely tremendous show, loved it. Uh, we will actually talk about that post credits. Cause we're going to go deep into the finale and spoiler territory and really just discuss it and our love of the show. So if you are a better call Saul fan, stay tuned after the credits, uh, what else are you consuming?
2: Um.
0: So, pursuant
1: to our next recording, which ideally will be next week, I watched the Uncharted movie. Nice. Uh, as did you. I didn't. Um, oh wait, i sorry. I thought you had watched it.
0: No, no, I put it on hold. I was gonna watch it, and then I watched the one that we ended up doing this week because we weren't gonna do that
1: movie. <laughs> it was great getting a random text from you. Like I was like, what the fuck. And then I was like, oh, he's probably watching Prey. <laughs> 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 it took me like 30 seconds to figure out why he just texted me, misspelled, the word quicksand.
0: quicksand, <laughs> uh, quicksand. <laughs> <Quicken sand. laughs> Which, like, come on, phone. Like, you, you correct things that you shouldn't be correcting. Clearly, I was typing quicksand.
1: I don't think you usually get hit with the autocorrect when it's a one word, because... Uh. You gotta hit, like, space, and then it's like, nah, fuck you, you didn't mean to say quicksand.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. So you
1: uh,
3: watched Uncharted.
1: I did. Um... Not terrible?
0: I almost... I actually almost fired up Uncharted 4 again, because I love that game, and then instead Mm -hmm. chose to fire up Grand Theft Auto 5, because I hadn't played it since, like, it came out. And, Mm -hmm. uh... My goodness, does that game hold up, and doesn't have a tremendous story?
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty fantastic game. It is um, great. I haven't played it since it came out, but I did enjoy yeah. it. Man, that's a long time ago now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. <coughs> um, nice. So Uncharted. Uncharted. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> I like that. Oh, not terrible. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll go on to
1: something that actually bears discussing since we'll be talking about that more in depth next week with Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other night, we wrapped up our playthrough of Halo 4, which is the first time I ever played that game.
0: Okay, fun. Um, So,
1: Dominic and Brian had talked for some time that they really disliked that game. I actually liked it. I thought it was solid.
0: Yeah, I vaguely remember upon initial release not caring for it. And then, um, like, last year when Brian and I replayed all the games... We talked about it a lot, and I I really enjoyed it. I ended up another uncommon opinion. Like I really liked four. I I really like five too.
1: Okay, so, so. apparently they they disliked five even more than they disliked four. But mm-hmm. I still I also have never played five. Um, I I enjoyed four. There was a couple of tweaks that they made to like the guns that I didn't love. Some of them I sure. really liked. Um, some of the new guns were cool. Some of them I really wasn't a fan of. Um, You'll find that 4 good.
0: had the necessary changes to get to where 5 and Infinite end up going.
1: Okay. Um, but actually, I gotta be honest, they were really decrying the story, and I found it more coherent and intelligible than basically yeah. all of the games before that. And yeah. listen, I think if you're coming to Halo for the story, you've made a mistake, but sure. like, I've played all of those games in the past, and we were playing through them like jointly like over the last several months, like I found that not only did like, you know, obviously that amount of time, all three of the stories have jumbled together in my head somewhat. Sure. But I also found like we were replaying games. It was like this thing I have no memory of this thing. I vaguely remember. And it's like, none of this makes any sense. Like Mm -hmm. it was written by someone on cocaine. I'm pretty sure (laughs) it's like, we're doing this. And then we're doing that. We're doing this. We're doing that. And now we're back here again. It's like, what, what the fuck did we just do? Yeah. I actually felt like Halo Four attempted to have a like a linear story. Yeah. Like because there was the first time I was playing it and I was playing it like with other people in the room across several weeks. Like once a week for several weeks. I actually was able to follow start to finish what happened in the game in a way that like I feel like you couldn't do with the first three games.
0: Yeah. Oh, I feel like the first the first one has a decent story that is easy enough to follow. It gets I feel like once you add layer in the second and third, it convolutes the original story, which is what makes it a little what? bit I guess that's a
1: mess. part of the problem as well.
0: Yeah, um, and then, especially and then like, 4 definitely honestly, has more of a cohesive feel yeah, to it. The Storytelling gets say, much better now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I was a little disappointed that the main... The way 4 was going, and considering I know that there's the existence of a 5, I assumed we were going to get that villain for more than one game. So I was a little disappointed uh, to see the didact. Yeah. Be defeated by the end of the first because I feel like there was a lot more meat on the bone of that story and yeah. it just goes off like and disappears. I was like, huh? I, that feels like you were really building towards like another arc here, and we're just not going to do that. So like that part of it's a little disappointing. At least I understood what was going on. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think you. I, I have a feeling, considering you like <laughs> you like story, I think that you're going to end up enjoying five as well too. I, I liked know. it. I really did. I know people had problems with it. I, 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 it's definitely grown on me more, especially with my second playthrough of it. I really enjoyed it. So looking forward to you getting into that. That's fun. Good stuff. Yeah. I will say, uh, thinking about that Halo 1 story, like, man, it doesn't even matter how good the story is, that the flood was like, like the best kept secret in video games. Like, I, I heard nothing of it until I got to it in the game. Because people like did a good job of keeping it under wraps because it was such a moment when you are halfway through the game and it changes entirely.
1: yeah, no, I can understand how, like given that at that time <coughs> that, experiencing that must have been uh, I, obviously I didn't experience that in that way at that time, mm-hmm. but I could understand how that was the case. I so will cool. still maintain that overall the flood is one of the most infuriating things Oh
0: absolutely in gaming You're not all wrong time.
1: it's just so frustrating,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, no, cool. I, I can understand that.
0: I, uh, I am watching Arrested Development season five. That's what we're up to. Kim and I have been rewatching. Well, Kim has been watching the series for the first time. I have been rewatching the majority of the series for the first time. And now we are on the fifth season together, watching it for the first time together. Cause I had not seen the fifth. And while it's definitely not the same quality as the first three seasons of the show, it, it it kind of evolved into this very weird, chaotic thing that is really enjoyable and super hmm. entertaining to watch. Like, it's, we'll constantly turn to each other like, I am uncomfortable. Like, it is so crazy right now, like, what has happened. Like, people are, like, all over the place. The dialogue is, not, it, it feels like everybody's on cocaine. Like, it's wild. And I know a lot of that has to probably do with editing because it was, you can so clearly make out when people are not in the same place shooting. Mm-hmm which is just really funny. Like just like, there's like a clear barrier between the scene (laughs) so that it, or like one cat, like when two people are having a conversation, they'll never show their faces together. They'll only show the back of one of their heads and then the back of the other one's head, which is just really funny to me. It almost becomes comical as you're watching it, but they have like, I don't know. It it has its own Arrested Development identity, like an evolution of what the original three seasons were. And it's really fun. it's like very silly. Uh, And one of the things, there's this running shtick that they've been doing, where because there was so much time that elapsed between the third season and the fourth and fifth seasons, that so like in a recent episode, you will, uh, you know, and many people know, there's always money in the banana stand. That is a classic Mm -hmm. line from Arrested Development way back when. And some things happen. Uh, Michael finds a paycheck that was for George Michael from back in the day, his first paycheck that he had framed. And it was like, oh, that's a really weird logo of the bana- of a banana. Oh, wait a minute. And I look closer and it's not a logo of banana. It's a logo of the Cayman Islands. And Michael finds out that there's another account that the family hasn't told him about that is in the Cayman Islands. And he's like, well, I guess it's true. There's always money in the banana stand. And he goes, what's that from? And there's there's this long running thing where like on the last two seasons of the show they've been recalling jokes from the original series and, and, and then like doing like an aside where they like look off into the distance and wonder what is that line from or what is As that joke a from? different show <laughs> yeah. it's very it's very silly and that I feel like that's that that's that cleverness that you hope for from that show it's like very self aware very silly very clever It's just uh, I it, I'm I'm really enjoying it.
1: So it's it's funny, you know, I told you that my my mom had also been going through the show recently. And so last week she was kind of sick for a few days and I'd come home from work and she was watching with Gianna in the fourth season, The Faithful Consequences. Mm -hmm. And I had watched probably two thirds of the fourth season and never ended up finishing. And then me and John and Dominic a while back had started watching faithful consequences and only made it through like three episodes. Mm. And so I came in and it was like probably a third of the way through the fourth season when she was watching it. I was like, Oh, okay. Like I basically familiar with all of this stuff. Sure. She proceeded to watch for like several hours while I was like in and out of the room. <laughs> so I'm like, but I still have not passed the point of everything I've seen though. Is the problem so like, mm. but it did actually spark in me where I do want to finally get back and finish that and watch the fifth season finally because I still have never seen. It.
0: Yeah, uh, I think I think you would you would enjoy it. It's funny; it may have been past what you remember. It's just that they they replay so much of that season within it that it's it's hard to know where you actually are.
1: Well, I know there was one episode that was on that my mom was like, "Why did I, we, they bother having an episode?" Eighty percent of it was flashbacks to what happened like two and three and one episode ago, and I was like. Yeah, I and like, I explained to her what like they did with like. The Let me explain to you why it's a remix
0: before the and season four.
1: <laughs> yeah, they well, but like why they like, you know how they originally made it, they how they recut it and everything. I was like, but it's clear from watching this episode that they should have cut out some of that interstitial yeah. stuff that they did. Which with the original format of the show, I understood why they made those things because like they they had the first half of the season was all covering the same ground but from different perspectives. But yep. when you got to like the sixth episode, and it was the sixth time you were watching this thing from the first episode, but from another, 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 another perspective, you might have forgotten by then what had happened. Mm-hmm. So I got what they did then, but when you watch it linearly, it's no longer required most of the time.
0: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Been, that's, a, that's something that continues on into the fifth season, which is interesting. Um, but They've I mean, always done a little bit of that, but it was always more like, okay, we have the entire
1: third season and this thing that happened in the second episode and now you're in the twelfth episode, so you might have forgotten. I understand that then, but sure. they, you don't need to do it in the twelfth episode when it happened in the eleventh
0: episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it gets it gets to be too much. Oh, there was one particular joke that I I was just hysterical um, where Job says to... Michael messes something up and Job says to him, oh man, you really G-O-B'd that? And uh, Michael goes. He like gives him like this the side eye, and he goes, "What? What?" And he's like, "Geo bead." That's what Dad calls people that does that do things wrong or mess things up. He's like, "You're you like really geo it up." And then, uh, and, <laughs> and then Tobias is like tries to chime in, and he goes, "Oh, or did I I g o b that?" And he goes, "It's not g o b. It's g o bead. G o b spells." <laughs> He pauses, and Michael goes, "Oh, <laughs> he's finding out." <laughs> love it. I love it. Job is a fantastic character. He's, they, you know, what? they're all he horrible. Makes
1: me, he makes me so uncomfortable. I hate he him does, so much. but he,
0: but to to stick to it like so well, like he, he really. For, like, I
1: forgot how cringy because when I walked in, it was when he was gonna marry Egg, and sure. he. Puts himself in the tomb like Jesus. Probably, I forgot puts how
0: puts little mayonnaise on the egg and calls it a mayonnaise. Isn't that so cute?
1: <laughs> Her? I forgot how bad <laughs> that whole storyline was. It's so oh,
0: painful. Man. I'm so excited for you to get past that because it's only going to get worse. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's say that's not the last you're going to hear of Aunt Veal. Who?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, it, I had forgotten during the ch- the church, it was like it was like his eternal rest or something like that. And it's above them, and it just says H E R question mark. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, I just blasted okay. my knee. Please
1: hold. I wasn't up. sure if it was a shin or a knee or a pinky toe or a. I
0: don't walk around.
1: All right, while you do that in pain, I'm gonna just go to the next thing that I was consuming to allow you a chance to catch your breath. And also I've been watching hard knocks. So for those who don't know, which probably possibly includes Anthony hard knocks is a television show that they do on HBO uh, every year for the last like 20 something years. Um, and what they do is they go to a, a training camp during the preseason for a different football team every year uh, in anticipation of the football season going up. And then they, you know, they record a bunch of stuff during practices and meetings and fo- and during the preseason games and, you know they follow some of the players and coaches home and all that stuff, and it's a cool, it's a really cool concept. The problem is only like half of the time is it interesting, mm-hmm. which is to say, it's entirely dependent on which team they pick. And it's different, you know. For the first several years, I think it was always the the Dallas Cowboys, and then they opened it up to they were bouncing around to different teams. They did the Bengals, they did the Dolphins, they did the Jets, they did the Raiders, they did the Rams and Chargers. They've done a couple of the teams I want to say, um, and. So I've been watching for the past 10-ish years. But the problem is, every year, they pick a team. And it's like, okay, this could be cool for X, Y, and Z reason. Uh, That team might be boring. But I always go in and watch the first episode. Because I have found, by and large, that the first episode will tell you what the season's going to be. Whatever the preconceived notions were. Sure. And so every year, I watch the first episode. And at least half the time, I'm like, just have no interest in continuing watching this year. Because there's just a million other things to do. It's not a big It's it's forty five minutes a week. Yeah. Um But this season they pick the Detroit Lions, which historically the Lions are not particularly interesting. But they have this coach who is just a giant meathead, but not in the way that you <laughs> want to hate him, and the way that you kinda of wanna love him. Okay. Because he, he seems genuine, is what it is. Sure. And he also has these insane quotes that he comes out with that like <laughs> you just honestly you laugh. Add him with him, whatever. Well, I guess you're kind of laughing at him because he seems genuine about it. Like, he, like, really, truly feels and believes these things. But I don't view them as, like, bad and malicious in the way that, like, old-school meathead head coaches were, where it's, like, if you're not throwing up, you're not trying hard enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you got the the feeling, like, he was, like, uh, mediocre to maybe marginally above average at his absolute best in his career football player. And he became a coach. He grinded his way. He got thrown into, like, a really awkward position where – um head coach got fired he had to like run the team and everyone didn't take the team seriously the team wasn't good with the dolphins like years ago and he just did his best and he had some like funny quotes when he got hired by the lions like oh god you're gonna hire this guy and he started off with a press conference in his first season was like we're gonna like bite your kneecaps and (laughs) you know we're gonna okay you can you can punch us you're gonna knock us down we're gonna come up and we're gonna take out your leg and you're gonna knock us down again, and this time we're gonna take out your arm. And you know this. It was like I don't know if he had just watched Monty Python the day before. I'm not entirely sure, but, <laughs> but,
3: but and he had some
1: again. This coming into this season, just fantastic quotes. So it was like, okay, I'm I'm all in. We're we're definitely watching first episode this year, and it's been really entertaining so far. It's just like you have to be a huge football nut to enjoy the show. But even like me, I'm as big a football fan as you're finding. There's just some years where I watch the first episode. Sometimes I don't even make it through the whole first episode. Like, this is just boring as shit. Because the teams get basically Final Cut privileges. So it's entirely up to, does the team have a sense of humor? Does the team want anyone to actually care? Or are they going to just put the boringest, like, least interesting, oh, we can't give away any, like, advantage to other teams? Because that's what the all sports, and in particular football coaches, they're so paranoid about everything. We sure. don't want this person to look in a bad light. We don't want them to see this one play that, like, We're going to end up getting tackled for a two yard loss anyway. Who cares? (laughs) It's like, no, no. Especially, though, and they put in a rule a few years ago at the NFL that there were specific conditions because some teams found it to be a burden. And I can understand, like, you have a million extra people showing up and they're recording you and you got to be to their schedule in addition to the fact that you got to be your own schedule and there's limits on how long you can practice and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I get it. But you're trying to, like, the whole purpose of this show is to sell the league, sell these stories, get people to pay attention. You're the Detroit Lions who are a legacy franchise. They've been around for like 80 years or maybe longer. I don't know. But they haven't won anything that anyone cares about for like 70 years. <laughs> no, seriously. They won like a bunch of championships in like the 50s and 60s or something like that sure. and have not won anything at all. Forget about winning a Super Bowl. They haven't – they've been in the playoffs like three times in the last 30 years. They haven't won a playoff game in over 30 years. Like they are the, as irrelevant as you can be for like a big long-term legacy franchise. Gotcha. Why wouldn't you want people to be interested and pay attention and care about you? Like, sure. like that's like you get money from that. Like, that, that's it's good, for the NFL, <laughs> it's good for the league. It's good for the players on your team. It's good for the coaches on your team. It's good for the fans of your team that already exist. It's just, it, 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 to me, it's, it seems an absolute net positive. Like, are there negatives? I'm sure. Can it be mildly annoying? I'm sure. But the point is, he says all these big dumb things, but he truly believes them. So he's not going to tell you not to put it on air. Right. <laughs> and so we get enjoyment from it and like now you're like fuck I've never cared about the Lions in my entire life I'll be half rooting for them this year why not like
0: I, I don't, <laughs> you know, whatever
1: like they're entertaining like they have, sure. they have some cool young players and this and that and the other thing and that shit works out or it doesn't work out only one team can win at the end of the year there's 32 teams but you know whatever like have fun with it man like in the end like it's a business it's a billion 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 dollar industry I get it people's Jobs are in line. Some of these guys are workaholics. Most of their family lives are terrible. Like, how many of them fall into substance abuse? Or whose kid killed themselves? Or whatever. Like It's a... This industry grinds up people's physically, mentally, emotionally. But there has to be some room for fun at times. And this is a fun show this year. And so I've been enjoying it. They've had three of the four or five episodes. It's a cool watch. But you have to be extremely into football to give a shred of a shit about this <laughs> no, yeah
0: yeah which yeah, as we know on this show it's not it's not me but no i'm, not I'm, not, your, I'm not I'm glad you're i would
1: here. not i would not try to sell it for a
0: single it's that sa- i mean that whole thing sounds kind of funny <laughs>
1: yeah no it, it can be like it, it really can but like it, it really like it was two years ago and part of it was just like the fact that there was the pandemic going on or whatever like they had the the Rams and the Chargers, to so they both are in LA. It's like okay, we could do we could jump between these two teams, so we don't have to be a sure. like, total burden on top of everyone. Considering how much longer it is, everyone's gonna get tested every day. And after like, like three quarters of the, week to the first episode, I fell asleep and I just never had any intention of watching it again. But then, like <laughs> the year before that, was the Cleveland Browns who had the, you know the 16, at the time there were 16 games in the season. Over the two seasons prior to that, they won one of 32 games. <laughs> they drafted first overall two consecutive years, drafted a tremendous, tremendous player on defense, drafted a quarterback first overall the second year, who at the time looked like he was interesting. He was a really good story. He walked on to two separate colleges to win jobs. Like was not like a highly recruited player, did not get a scholarship. He's a tremendous story, and he's like a super interesting and charismatic guy. His play on field is just so so we've been proven at this point, but Watching him, there was a bunch of other characters on the team. There's a bunch of characters in the coaching staff, but watching it is like, oh my god, this is a fucking train wreck in the best <laughs> possible way. Like, it was entertaining as shit, but it was like, yeah, this is going to go nuclear at some point. And sure enough, <laughs> half the coaching staff got fired six weeks into the season, you know, and then the rest of them all got cleaned house like after the season was over, like, you know. But it was like you could literally see it coming through that show. And it's like, this is hilarious. This is a tire fire.
0: <laughs> oh my god. That's that's so funny. The yeah, I, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I'm, um, I'm watching. I'm not watching. We're done. Kim and I burned through the third season of Never Have I Ever, and I forget if you, I, have you watched it?
1: No, I. They, you mentioned it earlier. It sounds familiar, but I can't place what it is right now. Oh,
0: it's so good. So it's a. Uh, I will, I'll read you the IMDb synopsis of it, but it, the complicated life of a, a modern-day first-generation Indian-American teenage girl, inspired by Mindy Kaling's own childhood. It is oh okay. I don't think
1: so, we've ever talked about it before.
0: So good. The show is excellent. It is extremely funny. The actors have amazing chemistry. It is the the way that it is written is just perfect. It's like it's just like the modern teen. It, it feels like a modern like john hughes movie but it's a three seasons of a show at this point and it's okay. it's really it's really so entertaining like it's 10 episodes the third season they're like i feel like they're like 27 to 30 minutes probably like they're not they're not long we burned through them so fast and it is just i cannot i feel like you'll you would really enjoy it and there is a there's a shtick involved where there's a narration uh And Davy's character is net like her storyline is narrated by Johnny McEnroe. And there's (laughs) there's reasons and they get into them in in the show. So I'm not going to spoil that. But I in various seasons, there'll be a one off episode that focuses on a different character who is narrated by somebody else like the inner, I guess, voice of that person. <laughs> so like the this just complete douche kid, but who's also like also growing as a character. Um, it, it, he's voiced by Andy Sandberg. And it's just ah. it's just perfect. But, uh, I was not a,
1: expecting us to come up with two entirely separate references to projects involving Andy Sandberg and John McEnroe.
0: Right? Right? Diane Kruger. Love it. Uh, but it's, uh, you gotta... You, you got to check it out. It's so much fun, and it's like it's so heartwarming at times, and like so real at other times. And then the comedy is just outstanding.
1: I'll be honest. I don't. I don't know what it is. I've just never yeah. been a big fan of Min. I,
0: I, I am not at all. She's not in it.
1: Okay, so she just like writes and produces it or whatever. Or?
0: I guess she. Uh, I, I didn't even realize that until I read that synopsis to you.
1: Oh, okay. I knew she had a show that she like created, but I I couldn't remember. I didn't remember it was that one. Yeah. Um, I know she's been a writer too for a while. And I think she's been moving further and further away from being in front of the camera. But mm. um, yeah, I don't know why I've just never been a huge fan of her and like, S- things, so
0: same. I it says created by. I don't know if uh like what maybe it's writing. It's not really that clear.
1: Yeah. No, she created them, um, I and mean, she's like the like it's her show.
0: Yeah. And, but so, I mean, like
1: usually that means,
0: but like, not in it. I, she may, I feel like she maybe had a small, I don't remember. I feel like she may have popped up in the first season okay. or the second season, but like, um, not at all in on this one. So, okay. Uh, but it's, it's really, it's absolutely worth your time. I think you would really enjoy it. This is probably a good one, uh, to watch. I think Gianna would really like this one too. So you'd probably watch it with her.
1: I've been having trouble. We still haven't gotten to any more of what we do in the shadow than I, I mentioned oh, man. today, and she had something going on. I was like, it's Like, man, like, I just want to watch that damn show.
0: Yeah, you could. I think if you guys sit down, you watch an episode of What We Do in the Shadows, and then you could be halfway through <laughs> one of the seasons of this show, it'll just happen so fast you won't even know it. It's so good. <laughs> uh, well, since you mentioned it, I am up to date on what we do in the Shadows, and it is okay. tremendous. <laughs> it's, it's it is they've really gone like for a show that is like its premise is off the rails. I don't know how you can go that much further off the rails, but they do it and it's great and it's entertaining. And Laszlo is still one of the best characters ever to be conceived in television. (laughs) He's just, he's perfect. (laughs)
1: Uh, I I enjoy, I enjoy his character so much.
0: (laughs) It's just his kind of, uh, how far into it are you? How many episodes? Like two or three. Okay. So he's like, he's, him taking the the young Colin Robinson under his wing is really fantastic, and also every time they mention it, it's not just like this boy Colin. It's like it's the young Colin Robinson that climbed out of the chest cavity of our former friend Colin <laughs> Robinson, <laughs> which I love. I love the show. is just so funny. the uh, the The l- latest episode that I watched had them going on a hunting trip with the with the neighbor that's their the, their friend's the super owl one yes okay. what's his name Steve so, whatever whatever the friend's name Doesn't is matter. from across the street they go on a hunting trip um he tries to scare young Colin Robinson with stories of the Jersey devil shenanigans and <laughs> so <laughs>
1: as, as one imagines this
0: <laughs> it's it's great I, I really it, it cracks me up every time but also they like lean they have like I thought that it was gonna be too much the way they've been leaning into some of their more vulgar, reoccurring jokes. Um, like dropping F-bombs all over the place, where like in the earlier seasons it was kind of a novelty because it feels like they were just trying to get away with one or two here and there. Now it's every episode, and it's a lot, and it's still funny. I don't even care. How well, do they get away with it? I don't I understand. No. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Considering the amount of like extremely like verbally graphic, like sexual stuff that they talk about at times. Yes. And like Obviously, it's super cartoonish, but there's a fair amount of gore at times as well. And maybe the fact that it's so cartoonish that, that doesn't register. Because like mm-hmm. I know it's like it's like a sliding scale of like, okay, if you like have zero like violence on screen, you can get away with more language or vice right. versa or whatever. But they've like, got the both. Thing. They they it, I don't. It feels like they're gaming the system, which yeah. I'm fine with. I'm just yeah, absolutely constantly like vaguely perplexed by it. it doesn't make a lot of sense it, to me. How they, it, like, it's just remember it was such a big deal that they couldn't get. Negan to say fuck in the Walking Dead episode mm-hmm. where he shows up in because obviously it's zombies and people get yeah like someone get their head bashed in in that episode and blah 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 and all that stuff is like it was such a big deal that they recorded it with them saying fuck but they couldn't get the FCC to sign off on it. Meanwhile, at this point, you're right that like, they'll drop 15 fucks in an episode. It's like how do they get away with that?
0: Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I, I, and like you said, like overtly. Overtly graphically sexual dialogue, which is just so, and, and that stuff is so funny. Especially the, stuff I guess they get away with it because Laszlo. there's
1: never actual any nudity, so like that probably works in their favor. But still,
0: yeah, that could be it. Uh, there's one in particular there. Uh, the neighbor is is describing the physique of the Jersey Devil, and Laszlo is getting more and more interested as he goes on. And then <laughs> when he when he describes uh, his genitalia, he's like, oh. He's just so great. I love him so much. I'm wondering, is is it like a time of day thing? Like what time is it on? It starts Uh, at 10, I think. 10 Eastern.
1: That definitely Uh also plays into it as well. Like, but even like The Walking Dead is 9 o'clock on a Sunday, which is like peak prime TV and
0: Yeah. Very weird. That is so that is strange. I have no idea. Maybe it's also something to do with the network and what they allow. Uh, who knows. Well there's definitely
1: a difference between uh being like network like you can't get away with the same thing on ABC or CBS that you sure. can get away with on <laughs> FX or AMC. And obviously when it comes to, like HBO or Showtime, like even more like you can basically do whatever you want with that short of like fully penetrative like hardcore porn, you know. Sure. <laughs> um but still like I I it's it's kind of baffling to me that like FX can get away with that.
0: Yeah. What else you got? What are, what are you consuming?
1: Um, let's go with another quick one. I have finally fully, fully sucked my teeth into Mass Effect 2. I'm actually probably That's about ish percent of the way through that one.
0: Disembodied heads and all.
1: How creepy was that? that was really yeah, I've been lately been having some fun with, you know, I'm mixing up, taking people I wouldn't normally take on certain missions and trying to pursue a little bit different dialogue here and there um you know and just you know different combinations of like weapons and power sets and all that sort of stuff like if i'm gonna do it like i've considered playing the game how many times like let's, let's try and yeah. tweak the experience to get something slightly new and this that and the other thing and but i've found something particularly entertaining especially like dominic and brian have played through the game several times as well so they obviously have a the deep knowledge of the series as well so i see something particularly funny that i know is a line they enjoy or a line i enjoy i'll, I'll snap a little screenshot wherever this that, and the other thing and I've done a couple of like combo things where some funkies happened or something cool happened that I've never quite managed to do in that way before. And then I'm in the middle of a firefight and there's a weird glitch in which <laughs> this NPC who I've been talking to and it triggered a uh, a fight scene. It's you know, obviously one that you know is going to happen. And she's just standing there while bullets are flying all around her she can't actually be hurt or killed. That's part of the story. She's, she's going to survive. It's not like, you know, like some other games where like random passerby can just get killed. Sure. Only the people who are supposed to get killed in a, in that game can get, you know, affected by being shot and all that. And uh, in the middle of the fight, pulled up the power wheel, which, you know, pauses time and you can kind of survey the battlefield only from your own perspective. You can't look around the whole thing. Like, a lot something like dragon age or a real type strategy game might, um, and as a am <laughs> the entire object of the head and neck disassembled from <laughs> the body of the person standing next to me as I'm, like, locked into cover. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just staring at it like, she doesn't die in the scene. What the fuck is going on?
0: That's bit, is so <laughs>
1: and, and she's just standing there. And clearly it's just a weird funky glitch because as soon as I, I let go of the power wheel and triggered real time, she was now, like stumbled on her hands and knees the way she's supposed to be during the fight her head fully reattached again and it's not like there was like blood it wasn't like she died it was just a weird glitch where like for whatever reason her body wasn't an object her body was obviously the pieces of multiple objects together and the head was just totally separated from the body floating like four feet away in midair from where her head was supposed to be at like a almost 180 degree inversion angle from where it should normally be
0: that's, that's amazing. I, it, the the picture definitely made me laugh out loud because like, look, I, I don't know everything about computer graphics, but I probably know a lot more than just the standard person playing a game. And in my mind, I'm like, but how did that happen? Like, because like I know how the assets kind of work and I know, <laughs> I know how the rendering kind of works and the game engine stuff is a little bit confusing to me, but like. It just like it's it's so ridiculous that it's it's just hysterical. Like I've had some mishaps graphically with things which have re- have also been really fun. For example, years ago, like ten years ago, Damon and I were working on something, and we were it was a, it was a web project. It's not like it's like some sort of game or anything like that. It was a web project, yeah. and an interface with like a, a spending tool for like Discover Card, and we were like trying to animate a slide. Over to a, sp- a certain point in your spending, right? So like this little mm-hmm. this little window would slide over to that spot to highlight an area, and like we had finally gotten everything ready and like kind of working, and he was like, "Cool, let's hit it!" And he pushed it to test it out, and it slid over, and it just kept going, and then it was gone, like it left the screen entirely. And we're like, "Where is it?" <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like that is are really funny. He goes, and then like you know there'll be like the occasional bug where especially. Damien always had a knack for finding these things um, where it was just like, he'd click a handful of of this sequence of things and then something ridiculous would happen on the screen that we just had no explanation for and would have to go diving deeper into. Uh, And at one point he did this and he's just like, the text is upside down and backwards. (laughs) I don't know what happened. But like, so clearly, rendering, rendering things can happen. And like to a degree, I understand, like the problems that we've come across, I understand eventually what the problem was and how to fix it. But, like, I'm a little bit too far removed, I guess, from, like, that type of coding. And especially when it comes to, like, to the graphical stuff, like, within, like, the 3D rendering and whatnot. But it's just so bizarre to me that the head of the object would detach and float around with the menu, almost as if it was rendered on... And I guess maybe this is the explanation, but if it were rendered on the wrong like layer of things, so that it moved with that layer instead of the one where it should have well, been. So,
1: so I will say it didn't. It wasn't pivoting with the menu. If you if you <laughs> notice, with respect to the min, the menu stays locked to your position and can pivot in 360 degrees around it, mm-hmm. or like full spherical. It was. It's stayed relative to where it was supposed to be, because when I pivoted the menu across that would be, like, your gaze, it yeah. stayed where it was it, it had <laughs> so been. so weird. <laughs> but not attached to the body, just floating uh, in space for no reason. I love it. And I've always wondered that myself in video games. I understand how, like, you know, there's glitches that, like, everyone comes across right like where it's like yep. oh, oh like if you if you keep selling this item it just sells infinitely and you can continue to make money and anyone can access it like it was just a weird mm-hmm. bug that happened in the code of the game i understand like logically how stuff like that could happen or like oh like if you just shimmy into this corner of this room you'll pop through into some wall you're not supposed to act like those yep. things make sense to me logically something like this does not make sense to me unless it happened to everyone all the time. And I've played the game a million times, including that specific scene. It's always kind of a tough one just because of the positioning of the battle. And so I've done that exact thing before. Pause, pulled up the, the power wheel screen that freezes time in that exact spot a million times in, in well, to be fair, it was in the old game. But they basically mostly ported all of that code over, right? Mm-hmm. I've never seen something like that happen before at any time in any of the games ever. How does
0: that just happen there? Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, lo- I love it. I'd love to know for sure too. That'd be really cool. I, I like the stuff you're talking about though, like glitching through a wall and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like I totally, I agree. I get that stuff too. There's actually some really interesting stuff where you see people do speed runs that are like where you're allowed to do cheats or like glitches to get through mm-hmm. it. And like, there's one in particular that I, I was watching an explanation of. I think it was like a, it may have been like orcarina of time, but like you are the way that the doors are constructed they're They're like sequences to the next section. Right. So it's always the same door, but whatever sequence that you're at, you're pushing into a different area. So they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to like reuse that tooling and that asset and whatever. So if I understand correctly, it needed to know, like there was like a place in memory of where that door should open to next. And you can do something that like, I think it was like, it was like, I don't know if it was like adding a number of things to your inventory or picking up enough rupees or like carrying an object somewhere, but whatever it was that you do, you kind of overload the memory by one bit and it pushes everything over to the Mm. other side. And by, and you go through the door and you're at the end instead (laughs) because it it was the last door that it should have been and like that to me is so crazy especially like like figuring that stuff out is so interesting to me like how did i would love to know like how somebody that plays these things to find these glitches and do this stuff like how they actually get to that conclusion because i remember back in the day like we used to know all sorts of ridiculous funky cheats or glitches or stuff in video games and i don't remember where we learned them because it was like before the internet (laughs) <laughs> so i don't know how we got I mean, our hands the, the, on that the
1: stuff. incredible thing about stuff like that right is it always ended up being word of mouth somehow right yeah
0: like, which like missing number in the pokemon uh game boy game where you're like you can get missing number and then like by going up and down like the coast of this one area of the map and eventually this weird glitched out pokemon would show up and you can catch it if you had like the master yeah. ball and which you did and then if you had that you were then able to like I think it was like you were able to like get as many of the candies as you could possibly want to upgrade as many of the Pokemon as you want. It was like this whole ridiculous thing, and eventually you could you could break it to the point where your game would crash. But it was, I mean, I had it.
1: Yeah. Oh, everyone did it. Everyone knew it. Everyone did that thing. You know, you give yourself unlimited rare candy, unlimited Pokeballs, unlimited whatever thing that you wanted. I also there had to have been that had to have been part of like those those, like, trade publications and, like, like video game
0: Yeah, I would imagine so.
1: Like, there had to have been articles or, like, whatever's in, like, Game Informer or whatever, like, versions of that that existed in those times, yeah. right?
0: That yeah. definitely
1: had to have been a part of it as well.
0: And then, you know, a number of those types of things can end up being in place intentionally and obscure for, like, debug purposes, right? But, like... I and know, some of it also, so you know, cool.
1: historically, was Easter egg things intentionally left behind sure. by the games. Sure, sure. But... Like those end up being more obvious because a lot of times, right? Like you would, like, if like playing like Super Mario Brothers, something like that, you would pop through a wall, or whatever, and there would be like a little message in the background. It's like, oh, like this was a cool little thing that they did yeah. on purpose, or maybe semi purposely, right? Maybe they left it as the debug thing, like you said, and then it's like, okay, it was too much work to scrub the asset, so let's just leave it as an Easter egg, right? Right. Like, I can understand how that happens too, but like, so again, something like even the majority, or not majority, like the at time thing you just mentioned, that still I think is like a more expansive version of what I was saying before, but like to me that makes logical sense, right? Where, yeah, it's a batch of crazy thing for it to happen as a weird glitch, but it was repeatable on basically everyone's game. Mm-hmm. I still understand this random head popping out, but this yeah, is yeah, <laughs> like, it's not like a repeatable, true. I've never seen or heard anything about that ever in, in my 15 years of playing the series.
0: Yeah. Man, video games are fun. And like I I love all that type of like those historical Easter eggs and things like that that you can come across. There's one in particular that I, I loved from Banjo-Kazooie. Did you play that game? No. So back, back in the, I loved that game. I was like obsessed with it when it came out. And there was this one snow level where if you go to the certain area, there's like this ice wall. And if you look through it, you can see an ice key floating. It's like, so it's a very clear asset. It's right there. It's like, it looks like an item that you can pick up but it's behind this ice wall. And for the longest time, I would try to find ways to open that wall and it just couldn't, you couldn't, there was no way to do it. So I kind of eventually, I guess I just let it go. Come to find out years later that it was the intention that there would be a sequel to the game with the ability to hot swap the cartridge so that like you can get to the same level and there would be enough of whatever you're doing in RAM that you could pop the cartridge out put the old cartridge back in and you held have unlocked that area. And then you can go grab the key to get the item out of the original game, which was like supposed to be this really cool thing that they wanted to try to do, which I'm assuming was probably full of bugs and would never yeah. really work, which is why they scrapped it. But like that, that's bonkers. Like that was like, that's a yeah. real forward thinking on how they want to play with this. Oh,
1: super ambitious. I mean I remember I forget what game it is, and maybe you'd remember. It, so I've read about it and, and heard about it multiple times, but I know there was some game it was in the original PlayStation PlayStation two where at the end of the game, like you were on like trial and they would th- kind of like Seinfeld s like throw at you all these accusations based on stuff that that game read from your save files of other games.
0: So that's funny. yeah, so there is a in metal gear solid there's uh i think a character's name is like psychomantis or something it will read information off of your memory card and it will make you think it's deleting it yeah because, I, I
1: remember that too but this is a, cause i think i re- probably read about those two things in like the same story yeah. or whatever like the first time i heard about it but yeah like i remember hearing of that as well um
0: i remember Which experiencing that cool. being like what is
1: happening <laughs> that's that's fucked up
0: <laughs> especially when it's your final fantasy 9 save that it's like a four disc game that you're not done with quite yet oh no that,
1: that's that's fucked up but the one i'm talking about i i found actually kind of cool that is like, cool how does it know these things you know yeah. what i mean like that that's I, like, I think a pretty cool thing
0: i like that that's fun yeah the the metal gear solid had some other cool stuff with that same battle but you had to like at one point you lose control of your character you actually have to unplug your controller and put it into the second port. I was about like, to say,
1: didn't yeah, Didn't you have to like like switch controllers? Or yeah, something like that?
0: It, it's so cool. I, video games just there's so much there. There's just so many like bizarre things that are going on in that industry. It's just I love it so much.
1: Unfortunately, I think a lot of those sorts of creativities have been scrubbed because the power, both required and available to them, we've seen so many time and time again in recent years. I think it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Like they, I think they've had to like dumb down and scrub some of these things out because the demands of just getting these games functional and operational.
0: Well, yeah, for, so I, daunting. I think that's fair. I mean, like if you really think about the, like the the early games and some of the stuff. These Easter eggs that, like from like you know way early on, are really cool and exciting and interesting. And like there, it's like this. To do the thing that they wanted to do, they had to get really creative and break rules to make it work because they were working within such strict, like, constraints by the system itself. Now the systems, like yours, are so overpowered. And on top of that, you have like these companies that are running and ex- want ex- making have like, these certain expectations of what the game needs to be and do that. Like you kind of lose sight of that. The, that, but fun, even within like the exciting the framework
1: arts. of, I, I think sometimes the constraint actually helped with some of that Absolutely. creativity, where like now if you even wanted to do that stuff you wouldn't be able to get the game functional the whole yeah. game would be like rendered like not functional
0: yeah yeah it's crazy. i mean we
1: see now like even now like some of these major releases if they don't get it right it'll brick your console
0: yeah yeah
2: <laughs>
1: it's like what the fuck man and you want to have some broken easter egg thing of like oh i can get into like some interdimensional thing and like find this piece of key in this ice that was from another game? Like, no! <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Man, yeah. that's wild. What else are you consuming?
1: Um, Oh, so the other day, I finally, fully, officially finished Witcher series. Nice! Yeah, it was a tremendous run. This is definitely the type of series where I could see myself several years from now coming back and revisiting it. I really, okay. really enjoyed it. Love cool. the characters, love the world building. It gave so so much, still left some stuff to be desired, but you're never going to be able to answer every single question and tie off every loose end and this, that, and the other thing. Sure. Um I will say that series is so dark. I mean there's plenty of humor, but it's so dark and so dire yeah. that it was never slated for like a happy ending.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, I think at certain I've realized that every fantasy Epic ends about the same Way to some mm. extent um, Is it typically... overly Oh yeah the last book was I think written In like 1999 or something like that Oh okay um, I, There's one other book that I haven't read I, I, I might get to it eventually with, That is, is kind of a world building Interstitial that's supposed to take place Concurrently with like the first book
0: mm, That kind of helps help fill
1: in the backstory. I forget what it's called now, mm. but the, the the first book or this other one that I'm talking about. Both
0: of them, but
1: the first book's the Last Wish, right? Okay. Um, I forget what this other book was called now. Um, I, I might get around to it at some point, but it, I, the, as far as the actual main narrative is concerned, it's done. Yes. Um, nice. And you were listening to feel, these, right? Uh, I read the first. I read the Last Wish, and then I listened to the rest of them. Nice. Um, I was always it was always destined to be some sort of bittersweet. Lord sure. of Rings, all of these things tend to be in some yeah. way, shape or form. Um, and that's fine. I, it was a little bit more sour at the end than I would have liked it to be, but I, I still really loved it. I actually really truly only have one major gripe for the final book and it's that they hinted at stuff I had mentioned to you a few weeks ago that I called something and got it right and they hinted mm-hmm. at something involved with all of that, which massively expanded the roles of the elves in this, this series. Um, and obviously to this point in the show, we still haven't really gotten that much correspondingly mm. as it ends up being in the books. It's going to get some of it. I don't know if they'll do all of this. And they left off this huge thing where, you, from a certain point of view, you might wonder whether the elves are really the villains in this whole story, mm. which is surprising, because up until that point, you largely feel pity for them. Sure. Um. And at a certain point that storyline gets put on the back burner for the more real tangible in front of your face stuff. And I was like, okay, at a certain point, that's going to kind of come back around at the end of the book. And it just never did, which was huh. shocking to me. Um, there's, there's ways you can explain it without spoiling it. I, I can't hear, but like, sure. there are ways you could explain that. So I'm not like, like totally furious about that. But I was mildly frustrated because I was, like, I didn't know exactly how it was going to go, but I anticipated it coming back around and getting closure on that storyline. It right. feels like it was left in a weird question mark to a certain extent.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
3: That's kind of cool.
1: But I enjoyed it. It was a tremendous series. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they'll continue to pull forward and adapt in the show. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, it, was, uh, it was good. It was, uh, most, most people got what they deserved in the end. Nice. There's a, a bunch of characters I enjoyed who ended up dying, which is always bittersweet <laughs> as well. Sure, um, More of them than I anticipated. I You always knew some of them were going to. More of them yeah. ended up dying than I expected. I was like, oh boy. Uh, Yikes. This is a, a particularly bloodthirsty hey, it's story. It's taking a turn. Yeah. Um, well, especially considering a group of them die in very quick succession during like a, a really cool and climactic sequence in which ultimately the good guys do win, but it's a pure victory. <laughs>
0: sure. sure. That's funny. I'm glad you enjoy that. I've been uh, lately there's, I've just had this fantasy itch and I haven't decided I, until recently how I wanted to scratch it. I was like, I could watch, I've been wanting to rewatch Lord of the Rings movies. And like There's that I've been wanting, there's a couple of games that I've been wanting to play slash replay that I'm like, Hmm, maybe I can get into that. And then ultimately I decided like, I'm like, I have all these audible credits and I was like, I think I'm going to just get the audio version of fellowship of the ring and listen to it and just like slowly over, you know, over the course of however many nights, like put it on for like 10 minutes at a time and, and listen to it. And I went to go download it and I was like fellowship of the ring. One of them, it was like, however many absurd thousands of like downloads or ratings. And I was like, whoa, and then underneath it was another one with like a quarter of that number. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Why are there two? So I selected the first one, and I assume it's the one that's been around for the longest with whoever the original narrator of the audiobook was. And I was like, okay, so what's this other one? The second one was narrated by Andy Circus. I chose the one that was narrated by <laughs> Andy Circus. <Serkis. That's> <laughs> I, cool. I think his voice is fantastic. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he actually which, leads which, which voice voices. It's just his voice currently. Okay. Um, but I'm also not very far into it because I'm listening to it in 10 minutes and I only started like a couple of days ago. So oh, so like,
1: that's, that's true. So he probably is going to do different voices for the different characters. Yeah. Which, I,
0: again, I, I, I didn't
1: love the narrator for the Witcher series mm. overall. I, I didn't hate him, but I, I didn't love him. I do think he did certain specific voices really well. But my one main gripe was I realized after a certain time that – he basically did all of the major dwarf character voices exactly the same, which for a while there's, you know, the, the main character dwarf character we've had on the show, Yarpin is early on in the books. Yeah. And then you don't see him for quite a long time. And then Geralt ends up taking up with another company of dwarves. Um, the main character is named Zoltan. It's the exact same voice. And That's then funny. he disappears for a while. And then in the final book, Zoltan and Yarpen actually are together somewhere. Oh god! And they're the exact same voice. Like <laughs> I, I defy anyone to be able to pick which voice is which. That's right. Like funny. every once in a while, you're gonna get some background characters who sound vaguely the same. Where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe they're gonna have generic highborn lady voice or generic, you know, street urchin voice. Like, but you can't have two major named characters who sound exactly the same.
0: That yeah that is... <laughs> That is that that's funny, slash it would be really frustrating, especially that chapter where they're together. Uh, <laughs> uh one of the things that was cool about this, um there was a preface to the story, and it was like I guess written from the perspective of the author and explaining just like why he wrote it. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is interesting. And it was like got into the thing, it's like I don't like like, he didn't care for, like, allegory, or he's like, there's no hidden meaning, it's just a story that I wanted to tell and write and create characters. I just thought that it was also such not, a cool... It's also,
1: not, it's also not true, though.
0: I feel like that's a cool concept, though. Why? You don't... It is.
1: No. I, I mean, in his, history is shown, and later confessions of of Tolkien and his son. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not like it's like a strict, true, allegory of a specific thing, but very heavily draws upon his own experience in World War
0: I World War II. I think as a writer that it's gonna happen whether you intend for it to happen or not. So I think it makes sense that that wasn't his intention. If that's the case, no?
1: I I guess it's just I my experience with that has been that he was a little bit I I, mean, I love I love the books and I love the movies. Mm. And I have the utmost respect for Tolkien's ability to create Characters in this world and this lore and everything—it's fantastic, borderline unparalleled. But I do think he was a little bit haughty and self-serious about all of that in a way that's, if you're being honest and transparent, like you don't have to go to that extreme of this has no, this is no way, shape, or form an allegory and has no inspiration from anything. It's like, come on, dude.
2: Hmm. I
0: don't know. I could kind of, I could see that being. The case slash your intention and it being easy from somebody else's perspective to be like, well, yeah, you said this because of that. And it's like, maybe, and maybe internally or subconsciously I did, but like, that might not have been the intention. And I'd like that if that wasn't the intention.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong, like he subverted the whole principle of what happened with all of that. Like the good guys didn't win by crushing with insurmountable force. Right. It was the power of love and friendship and mm-hmm. trying to come up with a different way to do it. Right. Yeah. And like the, 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 the pure heroic person at the end still ultimately almost failed and succumbed and almost by a stroke of luck is able to, to succeed. Right. Like it wasn't just the pure overwhelming force of good and and heroic nature it's hmm. even at the last minute that pure person was almost not almost was corrupted in, in their in their time sure but the rest of it if you can't look at like sauron and his orc armies as being a pretty <laughs> obvious <laughs> like stand in for like nazi germany like i i don't know what to tell you man like it's it's pretty obvious <laughs> as like the I don't Allied think that's necessarily
0: have to fair, join though. up like, and
1: take on this random, like, technologically advanced group that should be overwhelmed by the masses of the others, but because they have this one singular focus and seem to be so purely evil, like, I, it's it just seems pretty obvious.
0: I think it's easy to draw the parallel, but I think it's, I mean, the sto- stories of good and evil are as old as time itself and i feel like that that's not necessarily like the intention behind it But surely like i'm saying it could it could influence if like if and and you may be right and he may be lying but no I don't it's believable he, I don't, to I, me that that would be the case based on the way that, that story saying... goes and why i actually like it because it it doesn't it does feel like no this is the story of the lord of the rings it's not some other thing it's not some Parallel. It's just this is the story, and like it's easy to draw. Like I don't think he's lying.
1: I, I don't want to accuse him of lying. I, no. I I just think he tried to. I I just thought I kind of took it as he took himself a little too seriously in respect mm. with respect of just that, not by and large. Sure. Just respect to that, that perspective, yeah. where it's like you, it doesn't make you a phony to have used that for inspiration you can both admit that there was influence from that. And yet that you wish to create this entirely separate narrative, because what I did was a very broad strokes, like analogy there, but it's, it isn't one-to-one it isn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like he didn't rip that off. No, no, none of these things are necessarily ripping off anything, but to act like it's not directly inspired by some of that, even if you rearranged how it all went down.
0: Hmm. Now I will say that uh, it's really it's been really fun. Even though I'm not that deep into it, and I can absolutely let Andy Circus put me to bed. It is just wonderful. The, his voice just right out. <laughs> 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 it's great. Well, <laughs> he obviously
1: has a talent for doing many different types of voices, so that will serve him well when the uh, like the dialogue comes
0: up. Yeah, I'm, I'm I am curious to see how it how it plays out. His cadence in in just, like, lyrical delivery is just magic. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> yeah. But Well, you'll be able
1: to scratch that fantasy-ish even more and more as we go the next few weeks with House of the Dragon going on, as well right. as Rings of Power starting in, like, two weeks. or whatever That's
0: exciting. Is. That is really exciting. Uh, House of the Dragon, what did you think?
1: It had such a heavy task set out before it, and mm-hmm. as far as trying to instill confidence in a jaded and, it, it, depending on who you're talking about, betrayed fan base, who's so sure. passionate for, some, for another property with the same DNA, and you're talking about the pilot of an entirely new show at this point, I thought it did as well a job as you could ask it to.
0: I agree. I, yeah, the hardest thing, it was an incredible challenge. The challenge was, get me to come back next week. Yeah. That's it. That's all it was. If you could hook me for one more week, you'll probably be able to hook me for another few weeks, and then eventually the entire se- like season, and ultimately the series. And I could say, based on the way that that went, that I'm probably, I, I imagine that I will be in it to watch the whole series. Based on it looked the way it was set up,
1: it looked and felt and sounded right, and sounded looked right, felt and, and sounded familiar without mm-hmm.
0: being the same. Which yeah. is... A little remix of the intro song.
1: Yeah. um, You know, and we're at King's Landing, and it's a slightly different version of King's Landing, but it still looks and feels and sounds about right. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of names and faces that look and sound and feel like they belong, but aren't exactly the ones we saw and, and felt and heard. And it's similar tropes and similar concepts, but delivered in an entirely new way thus far. And they learned some new tricks and I was just talking about someone the other day, you know, do you remember how bad the fight choreography is in most of the first season of the, Mm -hmm. of Game of Thrones? Like looking back, it's like, when you consider stuff like what happened in like the fight scenes of the final season, like say what you will about the final season by and large, pretty, pretty bad misfire, but the action sequences by then had become so polished and fantastic. Sure. But if you go back and look at the fight scene between Ned Stark and Jamie Lannister halfway through the first season, it is actual outright comedy.
0: It's trash. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so bad. And the the sequences in this were pretty gripping. Even, you know, the kind of montage of the Gold Cloaks going out on their first ride into... Oh,
0: King God, Landing. that was so brutal. And just
1: Yeah, like, absolutely brutal, but still riveting and, mm-hmm. like as dirty and grimy as it was still had the polish of the filmmaking. Yeah. And then when you consider how exhilarating the tournament was and how haunting it was having the montage of those jousting tournaments as turning into bloodbath melees in a way that <clears throat> you've never really seen in this sort of thing before. Yeah. It with that and spoilers for this premiere that was out the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, that just heartbreaking,
2: birth yeah.
1: montage sequ- having those two montages spliced together was gripping and haunting. Yeah, in equal measure.
0: Full disclosure: we had to fast forward through that part portion of it. Um okay. but it, I but I got it. I got the gist from watching it in four X speed. I,
1: I wasn't sure how everyone would feel with all of that, and certainly mm-hmm. I think being a parent probably makes it tougher. Sure. Um, especially, especially for anyone who has had their own problems with mm-hmm. all of that, um, it is the type of thing that if you can stomach it, though, it's powerful. It is something to be experienced, you know. But you so know, okay, how people may not be able to
0: it's, stomach it, it like I, I do. Yeah, yeah, for 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 sure. The, the <laughs> I just want to jump ahead for a second though. At the end, I let it continue to play after the credits, and like it did, like that interview thing with I guess the showrunners. I assume is who they were. And oh,
1: actually, I didn't get to see that for this one.
0: They were describing different parts of it, and, like, they they both seem so very uncomfortable on camera, which, you know, I get it, and it's totally fine, but I, like, was half paying attention, because I, like, I got up, I went to, I was, like, brushing my teeth, and I it was on in the other room, and it was, like, it was just an... They were talking about that sequence, right, of of intercutting the, like, the melee, and that, and, and the birth, and uh... he was like, it's just like, uh, we just wanted to capture what men were doing to women in those days. And I went, like, I get what you're saying. (laughs) But it's like, you know, this is not real, right? (laughs) Just the way that it like the way that he phrased it. And it came out as if like, this happened at a certain point in our history. (laughs) It was just felt so matter of fact.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure that did happen in real life.
0: No, no, absolutely. But in the context of Game of Thrones, like it being a thing that happened in history, that's what. Because I'm half paying attention, that's how it registered. I was like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, you know, back so. in King's Landing, yeah. back in the day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I understand the sentiment he was getting at. And yeah, then, of course. You know, it was factually correct, and it. Uh, I don't know at what point you started fast forwarding it, but when it's first going on, that the conversation between No, I,
0: I we I know I know everything that happened. <laughs> okay.
1: The conversation between Viserys and Emma when he makes that choice unilaterally mm-hmm.
0: is disturbing.
1: Yeah. But like if I, I mean that in a in a good way, like as far as like they want it to be disturbing and uh, they succeed. Yeah, very, you know extremely what I mean? Like, uncomfortable. Was, like I could feel a pit in my own stomach hearing him. Like shh, 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 it's it's fine. As he's just told them, yeah, no, she's she's got to go. I need a son, and yeah. I'm like, oh boy,
0: yikes, oh man. Anyway, that aside, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I did yeah. find one thing that was really funny to me was <laughs> the, hit, the King constantly getting cut sitting on the Iron Throne. Like the the meaning of that. Sure, cool, very fun. But I like this, like the more slapstick approach to it of just like every time he sits down, just, son of a. It's just like a sharp. Why did we make it like this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's been a thing for a long time. And, you know, some of them philosophized about that and, you know, that, that you're supposed to show you how dangerous and untenable it is at all times, this and the mm-hmm. kind other of thing. And obviously, there's going to be a direct through line from this Viserys, Viserys 1 to the Viserys that we knew from the first season of Game of Thrones, his father, the Mad King um, the Mad King um, was it Ag- was he one of the Aegons? I forget now. I forget what his name was um, who constantly cut himself in the way that you're saying, mm-hmm. but was like not slapstick comedically, it was kind of more <laughs> everyone was laugh- laughing at him, not with him mm-hmm. like, you know, like oh, what a what a clumsy fuck he keeps cutting himself and all that shit <laughs> was maybe possibly part of why he was driv- driven insane who knows sure um i i did it was
0: tetanus <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was intrigued <laughs> by some of these new characters i think uh we're off to a pretty good start of having some interesting characters i know some people were skeptical of some of the casting some of the love of some of the casting i was kind of more or less it's probably all going to be fine, as far yeah. as casting, considering how mm-hmm. great a job they
0: did on the first show. Yeah, um, like it, you got to remember that you didn't know who a good chunk of these people were. Yeah. Like, um,
1: I think it's wild that one of the Andes from Hot Fuzz is the king. Um, <laughs> he could not be less similar to... <laughs> only on the if other Andy
0: had... was the Master of Coin. That would have really... Um,
1: <laughs> how did they not get him or to be, like... Could you imagine the, the hands Were the bro- were the brothers like, yeah. with, like if Was like the prince? <laughs> oh my
0: god! Somebody could deep fake that, right? Surely, oh, that
1: would be fantastic. <laughs> but Matt Smith already is, um Jesus. Why am I already forgetting everyone's name?
0: Oh, I don't know anybody's name. So that's I, and I won't probably for three seasons. That's just, that's how Game of Thrones works for me. It's that it's that one, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the son of the other uh, one.
1: <laughs> uh, it's really driving me nuts. No. Cause like the, like the actual core characters I, I know or knew most of them. And now I'm like totally drawing a blank on some of them. Um, and it doesn't help that like, you know, a lot of them have similar names because they're Targaryens, but, uh, sure. Matt, Matt Smith is Damon. That's right. Uh, Prince Damon Targaryen. Um, I know from what I understand, a lot of people were skeptical of that casting. From the first episode, I've already thought he's done a fantastic job.
3: Yeah, I'm with you
1: on that. Um, Do we know, know how many episodes po- it is? Ten. Ten. Which, no, has mostly been standard for uh, Game of Thrones and such. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm already pretty pretty excited for what's been going on. I, I've, I've enjoyed this. I'm, I'm curious to see some of these characters who we haven't really got much on yet. I mean, obviously, we know some of the big ones, but you know, there's some that will be Sneaky in here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely excited to see what what uh, Lord Corlys Valerian's all about. He's the uh, yeah, the Valerians are kind of like the cousins to the uh, Targaryens. He's the uh, the master of ships, the uh, the black mm-hmm. guy with the the white hair. Yep. He's also known as the Sea Snake, which is uh, certainly interesting. I'm I'm very excited to see about this uh, guy that we're talking about in the first episode who we never saw the crab feeder. That sounds yeah. like fun.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I'm looking forward to it unfolding as well. Um, I also like having a weekly show to to be on the lookout for, so that's fun.
1: Well, the perfect handoff from Better Call Saul to this.
0: Didn't need something.
1: It's going to be a little bit tough, though. They they chose an interesting time to to debut this. You know, historically they always did it at like the beginning of June, mm. and for whatever reason they chose the end of August for this. And this is going to go head to head with football on Sundays in a few weeks, so. That's going to
0: yeah. be tough. I'm so glad that that does not affect me in the least. Sure, but it's going <laughs> to affect me for the others. So. <laughs> uh,
1: and many people, I imagine. so.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. I just, what what is sports? Um, <laughs> cool. So that's House of the Dragon. More on that next week. Uh, wh- did you watch She-Hulk?
1: No, no. I, I, I actually, when, until you texted me, I didn't actually realize it was officially out.
0: I was I was pleasantly uh, surprised with the Is first it, episode.
1: Oh, so it was just the first episode. I
0: don't know. It's it, I believe it's weekly. There was only one when I watched it. Um,
1: They've all been weekly to this point, so that I shouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But I honestly, I didn't even realize it was coming out.
0: I found it very entertaining. It's like leans into being a little bit more silly, but also has a like you know looks like it's, it it has a it has a story that it's going to be building up to that's going to be fun to like see it unfold. Um, well, I heard it's basically a sitcom. Yeah. And I gotta say, I think I mentioned it to you. Like, whoever, if you haven't watched it yet, it's just the post credits. It is so worth the wait for that first episode's post credit. It is so I floored laughing. I love. I'm surprised it, it did
1: a post credit in the first episode.
0: It, it, you know what it is. The first episode plays like an origin MCU movie. The whole, the whole, the way that they, they like, they get it all out of the way, which is great. Cause like yeah. one you you kind of you do have to do it when you're introducing new character but they did it in a good way they let it be funny they used the previous cast member that you're already familiar with and they brought everything up to speed and that was great and I, the way that the story was told was pretty awesome too so um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out because it, it was it was really fun
1: yeah I mean I've, I've actually heard pretty good things already now so yeah I'll, I'll probably try and get around to it at some point.
0: nice. Are you consuming anything else?
1: Uh, no, I think that's all really of note.
0: Oh boy, does that mean it's time for our Flick of the Week? I think so. Let's get to it. Prey, released in 2022, rated R with a 1 hour and 39 minute runtime. Your IMDB synopsis. The origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche? 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 Comanche, yeah. Comanche nation three hundred years ago. Naru, a skilled warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Uh, it, yeah. That's cool. It's a little bit deeper of a explanation than I was expecting from the um <laughs> from the IMDB synopsis. Uh why don't you give me your uh your hot take? What did you got on this one?
1: The clear best entry in the series since the original. It's a refreshing take on what had become largely a stale premise, with some of the best and goryest kills. Six point five out of ten.
0: Huh. Well paced, dumb predator fun. Six out of ten. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's not really much for me to say about this movie. It was entertaining. <laughs> like it's, I yeah. I, agree, I completely agree with you. It it definitely has that. Um, it captures some of the essence of that of the first movie for sure. Yeah,
1: it, re- it recaptured that spirit and just did it in, like, a, a fresh way. Instead of it, a bunch yeah. of meatheads in the jungle in I, the middle of the Cold War, it's... I, yeah, I was gonna oh.
0: say, like, 50% fewer meatheads.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... Well, uh, there's still just as many. They just have much less lines and die much quicker. <laughs> mm.
0: That's, um, true. That's
1: true. It, it really focuses in on Naru and her brother as opposed to, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers Carl and... Weathers. <laughs> um, you know, Bill Dukes, and all the other guys, like, you know, yeah. Shane Black, etc., so on, who all kind of get a chance to be characters, to some extent or other, you know, Sonny Landham and all those guys. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. In this case, you know, they all a couple of them get a line or two. But by and large, it's really about the, the siblings in this one, which is probably for the best, and also you know, like, you get to mirror that experience, and you recapture some of, like you said, but you it doing a little newer way Olin, and all, and then that's that's cool. Plus, you have yeah. a cool dog in this one. You didn't have that in the original. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, a cool dog that I feel like is like a, a like a more modern breed than the timing of the <laughs> of the movie.
1: It's possible, you know. They but... CGI'd the tail, so you don't want them to cgi the whole thing.
0: <laughs> so, what I, there's one thing that that was I couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about the whole movie, and that is. That this Predator has just as many, if not more, cool toys than the ones that we've seen before. And it's, an, it's 300 years earlier? <laughs> yes. So, like, they haven't evolved their tech much? Is that what I'm...
1: Well, he went from having a bone skull to having a metallic and highly advanced right. technologically helmet right
0: well okay so that's the other thing that i didn't really fully understand is what was the i mean the bone skull was was all teched up
1: uh very limited Mm. i it was i think really just that it had the tracking stuff on it um it didn't really have like the full heads up display
0: it did it did yeah when he was scanning people it was showing like the like their designation and stuff
1: oh yeah i guess you're right sorry so I, I did watch it a few weeks ago, so I'm gonna I'm gonna misremember some stuff a little bit, but well t- two things. Uh, the you know, one, obviously bone can be penetrated no matter how thick and strong it is, and in, in a way that like the metallic one couldn't probably also remember, mm-hmm. like the metallic one he has to take off. It doesn't get knocked off. This thing gets knocked off, it's not sure like fitted to his face properly. Um, and also, second thing, his uh his cloaking is much less reliable in this one than it was in
0: the original. That's fair. That's fair. I guess that 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 advance at that point you're already so far ahead the advancements would be slower. So
1: yeah, okay. yeah, I'm you know, I'm down with that. Also, you know, his little he didn't have the same level of technology on his little handheld or
0: yeah, I don't lot. know. He did a whole bunch of beeping and sliding. Yeah. You know? You know how you beep and I slide just, on your forearm? I do, I,
1: I do know how one beeps and slides. Um, you do recall I've played Mass Effect, right? I, yeah, that's I'm right. Thinking, Om- Omni Tool would be super cool to have. But I, <laughs> um, yeah, again, I, I might be slightly misremembering. I, I, I remember he had something, but it just didn't seem like as technologically advanced as the one
3: gotcha. that he had
1: in the, the newer one. And some of the, the, the weapons and tools, like the... The 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 shoulder-mounted cannon thing he had wasn't quite as beefed up as it was in later entries, right? Where it's blasting those huge plasma. Things.
0: Well, I, yeah, I guess the that's target- a, that's a good point. I feel like he was shooting that thing from his wrist. It's just that the targeting thing was on his head. Yeah,
1: as opposed right. to in the later ones, he had the the laser targeting yeah. of the eye that auto fired as soon as he locked onto something. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Okay, so it does it does get advanced, but uh, it. It's always, it's always fun to watch the Predator, like, and all his fun little tools and stuff, like his little slap bracelet that's, like, a billy club, whatever the hell that thing was. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, a little uh, insight, so it's probably one of the first, uh, it was a real movie night with myself, which I have, like, uh, like my article from back in the day with the John Wick movie, uh, I also had uh, a cone of beer to go along with it, so it was really, it was really just the exact same experience. Um, <laughs> but I, I was like, sat down, I turned all the lights off, I got the OLED prepped just right, and I went to go put this on, and there were three ads before it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, with this stuff, <laughs> and this is exactly what we were talking about earlier, where like Netflix is probably gonna have ads soon too, and it's like, I mean, luckily, like I'm, I'm getting a I have a free well, year and, of Hulu, so that's why i And
1: it. also, Hulu having ads is not as offensive to me because it's a third the price of Netflix.
0: Mm. I don't know how much it is because it's it's free for a year, so I'm not going to continue on. I'm pretty
1: sure Hulu is like, isn't Hulu like five bucks a month or something like that? Maybe
0: I think for, like for like the ad version 15? where there's like ads every like five minutes. And then yeah. it's well, more like, like for the ad-free version, which is not ad-free.
1: I have Verizon and we get the Disney bundle for quote unquote free. I am sure it's just been baked into the price of our sure. um thing. But the point is it's not a separate charge that I have to th- like think about and manage and all like that. It's yeah. just it's a thing that's gonna exist or not exist, whether I choose to use it on yeah. my plan. So I might as well have it and use it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So but anyway, that, that that bothered me. But I haven't had like a I haven't sat down and really like soaked in a movie. Down here with the whole like kind of theater is set up in a while, so that was really fun um, to experience that. And this is like the type of movie you want to do that with. Like it's it's visually fantastic. Like it's really it it looks great. Like there's and there's so much predator blood. It's it's <laughs> I just I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, you know what I found interesting early on? I was like, man, they, it's really fun to watch. Like the the tools and stuff that the natives were using. And it was like, I saw the the one native walking by with the, like the backpack with the baby in it. It looked so secure. I was like, man, they like, they had the, like, it's probably pretty accurate to like certain tooling and stuff that they, that has been found. Like as far as um, like uh, relics and like, also history passed down word of mouth and whatnot. But like so many things done so well that we're still trying to perfect. Like they had, the original baby Bjorn, and it was great, and it worked really well. Like they perfected that. They perfected the smoky eye. Uh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. What was like the the lead character? Like was a straight up emo kid from high school, which was great.
1: <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is you know, we always talk about like how like things more or less tend to progress. Technology gets better. Sometimes we come up with quicker solutions or cheaper solutions or whatever, <laughs> and sometimes. It may take a little more work, but the old ways are better because comparing, contrasting her smoky eye to Will Ferrell's in *Semi-Pro*,
3: mm.
1: instantly sweating. <laughs> in she's she's crawling through quicksand. Yeah, she's running around and getting chased by a predator. She's swimming in rivers. She's got blood. She's got sweat, tears, all of
0: it. Perfect. I her like contact. I like the point in the movie where she became scorpion. And I was throwing that axe and and pulling it right back. Scorpion with with an axe instead of a knife Yeah, I I will say, like, as fun as that was to watch, every time she did it, I was like, ah, the physics. Like, it's just not, they're not there. They're not, it's not real. It's not working for me. But it was really fun to watch. And I I just wish there was a little bit more of it. Like, it's one of the things, like, they could have, they could not have overused it. Just go nuts. Have fun with it. (laughs) That, that would have been great. (laughs) I, I definitely
1: dug the innovation.
0: I liked that for sure. Uh, you did mention Quicksand, which absolutely caught me by surprise and had a little bit... I had a, a physical response to it. And I was like, wow, I'm not over this. <laughs> da- damn you, day, Al, Damn you. Yes. S- s- me seriously. <laughs> the Jungle Book. I was like, cold sweat. Thinking like, now I have to look out for quicksand. You know, like, that's like what it feels like.
1: <laughs> Shit, I always thought that was a thing that was, it was elsewhere, it was other countries. This is America, I know this is in America. I know it. Those are Native Americans, it's here. I knew it all along.
2: <laughs>
0: an no, unlikely afraid, location.
1: When I was afraid at six years old, I said, Mom, quicksand. She goes, no, that was in India. <laughs> in India in that movie? That doesn't happen here. She
0: lied to me. That's right. This is
1: like North Dakota, Nebraska or something. And
0: it it <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, man. that I mean, that was well, pretty t- terrifying. Also, again, like we've talked about this before. Somebody, somebody please have the balls to make a movie that ends in five minutes because the first, like, the main character dies doing something stupid. Like if they ended the movie there 20 minutes in, I would, again, round of applause for you for going for it. I really, really <laughs> the, but well, only one person like, can do this. The thing that was
1: frustrating is, so first of all, I don't even know if that's technically quicksand. It's, I think it's a bog, right? I don't Some know, sort of bog or mirror. say it's, all the, same, it's all
0: the same to me. She's sinking in it quickly. It's quicksand. <laughs>
1: Fair, but what was offensive to me is she identified it before she went into it. She, she could have gone around, didn't she?
0: I don't know. I just saw her step right into it. like I thought it was like a, just a really terrible accident for someone who's like a a hell of a tracker and very aware of the situation around them. I thought, I thought it was thought bizarre she that smelled. she ended up in that scenario, and then I realized, oh, she's in the quicksand because we're going to use it later. It was it's just Chekhov's quicksand. Sure, it was
1: definitely Chekhov's. Chekhov's quicksand for <laughs> <Sure>. um, <laughs> Has a movie ever more heavily relied on Chekhov than this one? Mm-mm. We got the we got the quicksand. We got... The slap bracelet. The the thing. We got the slap bracelet. We got the targeting
2: thing.
0: The targeting thing that they focused on way too hard in the scene where she's figuring it out. And it's like, it happens once and she's like... And it happens again and she's like... And it happens a third time, and it's like, I have an idea. It's like, no, you had the idea after the first one. You didn't yet need to pander to the audience. I'm
1: sorry, but the way that you were just going through that repetition <laughs> reminded me of the Family Guy where Peter breaks out his thinking grenades. And he goes, <laughs> let me break my thinking grenades. And he, he pulls the pin on one, and throws it out the window, he blows up. He goes, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he, it, he pulls another grenade, <laughs> throws it out the window.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> i've got it <laughs> <laughs> that, i mean that's exactly what happened in the oh my god uh man this is what i do like it was funny the movie started i was like i wonder how long before we see the predator and then i started to get into the character which i fully unexpected i was like i just thought it was going to be like completely throwaway. i was like oh okay uh, and then now I'm interested in the character and like all of a sudden I was like oh wow we're gonna rapidly get into the predator right now it's like I was I was actually starting to like focus in and like the world building that was happening and I was like this is pretty cool and then I was like okay no let's not forget this, this is a predator movie we gotta get nuts real quick <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: you wanna get nuts let's get nuts you <laughs> wanna get nuts
0: uh, but it, it was it was fun I. Uh, There's something that was brought to my attention by a handful of podcasts I listened to of people that were like talking about this movie. A lot of them had the similar uh, 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 thing to say about it that you did, where it's like you know best predator movie since the original, great and all that. Uh, One thing that's come up multiple times on different shows that I've listened to is how many people get knocked out to scene transition. And I was in the Predator series specifically. No, in this movie, (laughs) and I was like, surely it can't be that bad. And then I was just like click one <laughs> click two <laughs> it was just kept happening i was like this is great like like early on like for the first maybe uh third of the movie it doesn't really happen until the first one with like the tree and the lion uh and i was like okay there's one that's like the type of thing they were talking about and i was like it's not gonna be as bad as they were saying i was like oh no it really does happen a significant number of times where we like how are we gonna get out of this scene blackout <laughs> Dude, do it off camera. That's the, that's how we got out of the scene. <laughs> you know,
1: this is very authentic because if you think about it, all of our scenes transition every time we get knocked out. Right at the end of the day, that's you true. lay down on your pillow, knocked out, transition.
0: Wow, is that what sleeping is? Is sleeping just? A, are we in a movie? Just transitions. Whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you wake up, you don't notice like a screen wipe. <laughs> diddle-dee, diddle-dee, diddle-dee.
0: <laughs> Man. So that's wild. That's wild. Uh the I liked the the Predator's skull helmet design. Thought that was kinda cool. It
1: was definitely cool to see something different. It's like, oh yeah, this would make sense for several hundred years ago to have it be less technologically, you know, inclined and all. And uh, I, I actually I gotta be honest, I don't expect to talk about the characterization or characters as much in the Predator movie as, as you already said. Kinda got vested in, in Nauru and it was cool to kind of see like her trying to like actualize as a warrior as opposed to at the same time paralleled with this predator who clearly is also fairly novice for where they're at in their predator life like Mm -hmm. also pretty novice like because keep testing themselves against lesser predators and the greater predators great right it goes after the rabbit okay that's not actually a predator that's prey. Let's kind of ignore that or whatever. Yeah. Oh, wolf. Cool. Oh, sorry. Before the wolf, it was the rattlesnake, right? Rattlesnake and then wolf Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: then ultimately, somewhat accidentally, bear. Yeah. And then you know, the most dangerous game let's hunt some humans. Sure. And, uh, you know, watching that one kind of steadily become more confident and lethal, frankly, as as the predator goes. But also, takes a lot of damage during the course of this, which is the type of thing like a novice, like, you know, it's, you can see his defenses and his agility weren't the level that we saw in later iterations of the predator ones that were fully established as predators. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, to see, to see this one take a lot of damage early on in a way that you didn't see with the other ones were. Like you really had to put the, you know, screws to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's always interesting to see like that the the evolution of like their hunting style in those movies. The I do think that um, there's only one place to go from here, and it's a predator versus Pres- predator versus predator movie, a little PvP action. And it's like, but it's like on their home planet, and it's just like a blood sport. Like they watch it on TV. Like it's <laughs> like they just Light, it's like Light the Light Running Man, but pre- it's like all comes full circle. Arnold is there. It, <laughs> we saw well,
1: we it to an extent in the Predator, right? When they started to fight each other, I don't remember.
0: I don't remember what the titles of the movies are so confusing to me that I don't. The one, remember the which one we to did which. a
1: few years ago with, with Tom Jane and Keegan Michael Key and Boyd Holbrook and them.
0: Uh, okay, was remember that...
1: there's a smaller one, and then there was like the Mega Predator. That
0: like yeah, yeah. This is ringing bell. It down. What was what was the one that was not when on it was Earth? The
1: predator dogs. That's right. predators.
0: Predators, right?
1: Which also was a cool idea, and I kind of wanted to like that movie, and it just didn't quite work for me. But at least I'll give that one credit for at least trying something different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like when you know hunting in like a one of those fenced in areas. Yeah, game preserve. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah.
1: The whole planet was game preserve. Yeah, but it would be cool mm-hmm. to finally go back to see like the actual predator planet or whatever, or like again. Yeah. I, I always thought that Alien vs. Predator was a cool concept. A horrible execution. Uh, although, I view that as more like a fun train wreck type of movie. Like, yeah. I kind of enjoy it, even though it's not good.
0: Like, I kind of want to watch it again. It's been a very long time. I don't remember it at all. I mean, it's it's old at this point.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. that came out in, like two,
0: almost 20 years ago. Yeah, that's wild. Man. Don't, and and there were two of them, right? We said. We, yeah, I never
1: yeah. saw the second one. AVP. Also, I gotta ask, is there... Is it just the like the predator? Is that what the species is called? Right? Because like Alien, is the xenomorph. Sure. Do we ever get a name for the predator? I don't think predator, so. Or is it, wonder... is it? Still, just the predator. Let's see. What also is... I really dug the uh, the whole differentiation of the predator prey thing. It ended up being a cool like plot device when when she um where you know it passes over or passes over until she he views her as a worthy adversary.
0: Youtja. Is that what it's called? Alright. <laughs> the Predator, also known as I'm gonna say Yautja. Y A U T J A. And then I was like, oh good. It has a pronunciation key next to it. But the pronunciation key is slash J upside down E apostrophe U colon T. Uh what's the what's the S that you use in differential equations and the calculus? And then an upside-down E again.
1: I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just Google, could, what I is the crush. species name of the predator? That's what you... Oh, uh, that's. Hang on. I,
1: I typed in Yaucha Predator or whatever. Top hit on avpfandom.com.
0: Mm. Yautja. The,
1: yes, the Yautja.
0: Yautja. I like I that. You the
1: pronunciation here in Xenopedia. Zeno,
0: Zeno- Yautja. Yeah, I, the one. I don't
1: remember when we learned that, but...
0: Uh, it's probably from, like, a book or a comic book or something.
1: Probably. I'm I'm just curious. Like, yeah, Why I is Predator... The, question, so the
0: term Yocha first appears in Alien vs. Predator Prey, a novelized adaptation of the Alien vs. Predator comic series. Ah. Uh, Wait, hmm. there's a comic series? First I'm hearing of it, but I believe it.
1: Um, yeah, so, uh, also kind of a cool thing, like, I guess, kind of a, a again, a play on the original Predator movie, right, where they were hunting down those, was it like a drug cartel? Or was it like a like a militia in some random South American country? Is that what it was supposed to be? I forget. In the first one? Yeah.
0: Huh? I honestly don't remember.
1: Um, well, either way, in this case, we have French French uh, poachers. Right. So that was kind of a cool... Because then we actually get like a story involving them and like a little bit of like characterization and, and um, plotting as opposed to just like we're going to mow these guys down they get mowed down and all that stuff. We actually get like some dialogue and some intrigue as they try and lay up a, a, a trap for the predator and all that. I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of cool, like aspect of the story. And yeah, that, maybe we should work together, you know, enemy of my enemy. No, we shouldn't fuck off.
0: Right. That, that was actually something that was confusing me up front was I was like, I, I didn't understand. Like at the dog gets caught up in one of these metal bear traps. Mm-hmm. these like iron bear traps and i was like i feel like she's not as concerned about this as she should be Because <laughs> was like she's like i was like what is like i feel like your thought would be what is this thing that is that has caught my dog's tail um well i think the whole point was that they were
1: aware of each other and they just tried to kind of sort of avoid each other yeah
0: so the other part of i mean at that but,
1: point the at that point the comanche would have been familiarized colonialists
0: yeah yeah i guess they just it was like it was the way that it was going was a little odd at first but um i thought it was kind of also funny like what is it naru is that what her name is yeah she she has like no accent at all but everybody else in her tribe does
1: Uh, i guess i didn't really pick up on that difference
0: and they would occasionally speak the native tongue I was like, I feel like they should have just leaned into it and do that and subtitle the movie because I feel like that would have just kind of been fun. There's not a lot of dialogue; they could have gotten away with that. And I feel like it would have felt a little bit more authentic. It would also, yeah, have, I don't know, made some of the transitions and like the uh, not understanding each other work out. Like, I just like feel a little bit more deeper. But my guess, my, my guess would be
1: because they did more of that when it was like kind of on the home front stuff. Mm-hmm where there's not a lot going on, where as opposed to, I feel, maybe they thought it would be confusing to do it during action sequences and all that. Yeah,
0: probably. probably. But most, I, mostly the action sequences is just yelling, right?
1: Sure, but, you know, even, like, when people are stalking and, like, whispering in the, like the dark or, like, a tense scene and all that, like, um, that that would be my guess. I, I don't know. Right, you, I would think you'd do all one or all the other.
0: Did you get a Quiet Place uh, flashbacks when the other characters are speaking and there were no <laughs> subtitles?
1: I was uh, I was a little thrown for a minute, but I was, uh, we were able to power through.
0: <laughs> I was like, I feel like something's wrong. So I put the subtitles on at that point. I was like, nope, it's not wrong. It's just they're just not translating, it's fun. Um, as a as a as a unit, the entire team on the movie decided this dialogue's not important. <laughs> <laughs> These characters are talking, it's not important. Uh, it was it was fun. I was like, man. There's not a ton of characters for us to play with. How is the predator going to get a whole bunch of kills? And then they introduce this entire settlement of people. Like, and I was like, oh, this is how. <laughs> I was like, we're going to kill everybody in this camp,
1: <laughs> which was a cool sequence when yeah. you know they set the trap and then he flips it on their head. And we get to see him use all of his toys in that fight. And then it devolved into like just pandemonium. And then you know she goes back and she's killing the, the people who survived. And then the, the predator comes in too and. Yeah. We're going to have pity for our, our former enemy, and okay, I'm going to try and be good to you, and oh god, you're still going to get eviscerated anyway. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. When they uh, when she gives the guy with the cutoff leg the orange flower uh, that, I guess, slows the bleeding and the blood flow, so now the predator can't see him. I was like, that's pretty cool. And then she explained it to the camera. I was like... I- you didn't need to do that. <laughs> like, like, I got it.
1: <laughs> uh, sometimes they can't help themselves. Yeah,
0: I know. It's painful though. <laughs> when it's like, oh, he can't see him. It's like, I, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Until he steps on his leg and he shrieks and then he's all sorts of dead.
1: Yeah. Big time. That was big. That,
0: that was big. Um, then <laughs> it, with, uh, Daru and her brother, fighting the predator on that front and her figuring out eventually how she's going to kill him using the tracking, <laughs> the tracking gun. Uh, they pretty, I mean, they had a pretty good upper hand at one point in that sequence and then they didn't anymore. And the brother was like, this is where I die. And it's like, just, I don't know, like try to run. <laughs> just You don't have to get like, you've been trying so hard this whole time. Why are we giving up now?
1: <laughs> I think he sensed which way it was going.
0: Sure. Sure. But you know, she still had that hatchet on the string. She could have had some fun with that. <laughs> uh when she uh, What? what?
1: what you no, go ahead. I
0: was going to say when she uh as it as it continues on, she tracks him down, she takes the flower, uh she uses the bait, Chekhov's bait, uh, and then bless the Predator in the back of the head with the gun from the second movie. I was like <laughs> I was like, Oh man, why aren't you dead? <laughs> I didn't fully get that.
1: Oh, big thick skull, whatever.
0: I I guess. I guess. I thought it was the perfectly apt time to end the movie, but then I guess they didn't actually get to use the the traps or the quicksand or the charging computer again yet, so it wasn't good enough.
1: Yeah. But, uh, no, that, that was a cool Easter egg having that from the second one, which is like one of the very few sequences of that movie I've actually seen. I've mm-hmm. seen like the final 20, 30 minutes of that movie, like a couple of times and that's about it.
0: So is there just going to be like a sequel where then uh, another predator comes in and wipes them all out and takes it as a trophy? Like what's the, <laughs> how do they get it? <laughs> I mean,
1: probably like that was that it wasn't really like a post credit thing. Like, wasn't it like part of the credits? I actually mm-hmm. didn't see it, but I read, read about it. I turned it off. I didn't realize yeah, I was it's thinking like, about it I was like oh I, I was tired I was like should I wait and see if this post credit is like honestly I don't care I'll look it up
0: it's part of like the title carding it was just like the um like the animations that were going on was, which basically replays the story really quickly in animations and then at the very end they like it like pans off to the side and you see like the ships coming in okay in the clouds so presumably there will be a sequel
1: I wouldn't be surprised, I and mean, especially from what I've heard, it's had pretty positive like word of mouth and everything on this one. So
0: yeah, I do want to watch the original again.
1: Yeah, it's another one of those movies where I've seen a million times in pieces, where like I always kind of forget the order of everything, how it happens, and everything. Like I have the gist of it still in my mind, but I'm sure if I watch it, I'd be like, oh wow, I forgot this, that, and the other thing like going on in it. Um, just because you know you lose track
0: of those details. I'm wondering if I have it. I know there's I have a VHS things. of it, but I don't oh, have course. a VCR. So
1: <laughs> there's definitely some great stupid lines in that original one. Yeah, I ain't got time to bleed and all that shit. Yeah,
0: <laughs> if you uh, I do he like the reach.
1: I like they brought that back. Yeah,
0: yep, yeah, that was good. That was good. I I I like the Predator's green blood. I think it's really cool. Oh yeah, see unique. I mean the the Predator got his ass handed to him like over and over again.
1: The fight with the bear was cool. Yeah. For him to just, like, fucking shoulder press it and, like, tear it up. Yeah. He, like, was
0: uh, baned it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: my, my greatest enemy is a roided out jock, and he straight up broke my back. <laughs> <laughs> a roided up jock with a gas mask. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh... But overall, it's been, it was a pretty fun run. Uh, do I have anything? No, the only other thing, yeah, the only thing, other, no, my last Odin here, which we already touched about, was the gun. I just, I did think it was cool to bring it back. But I feel like if you're going to do that, I w- would have preferred to see how it ends up. And they, like, I was actually anticipating that the end of this was going to be like, okay, she killed the predator. Mo- I thought more of them were going to come down like in the, like, and give her like a trophy and she was maybe like going to offer one. the gun to them like as like almost like a peace offering type thing and then they would have it Sorry. yeah which yeah. i thought would have been cool uh and would have been enough cuz i don't need another one in this time frame like i don't need it's fine we're good this is good it's done there's not another story to tell here
1: to <laughs> do predator pred- Predator through the ages, you know, yeah. Predator in, like, the Victorian era England. Oh, my God. Like, uh,
0: <laughs> that, that, where they just, like, copy-paste the synopsis from this one. The origin of the Predator story. <laughs> <laughs> What? Do you have anything else on this one, or should we slap some cheese on it?
1: No, I, I just, <laughs> I, I I did, I did like uh, how they developed the, the relationship between the brother and the sister. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, it was nice because it seemed, you know... Fraternal at the beginning, and then it kind of gets frosty, and then they kind of come back together again, and, and yeah. see him then ultimately sacrifice himself. Well, well and, you know what? Heard I appreciate su- the tribe. But they all,
0: yeah the 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 way that that all plays out at the end is good. It's just that she constantly needed their approval, though, and I feel like that was you well, oh, know you're good, you're good at what you do. This, uh, but the one thing that bothered me was the douche parade of <laughs> the characters that like, you know. Yeah, like you can't do it, and it's not that you can't do it. It's you specifically can't do this because you're a girl. It's just like, and we stop. But then that gets when they kept when they like catch her. No, and, no Anthony, that's how we treated our women then. That's how, back then. <laughs> when they uh, when they catch her and like it gets violent, I was like, oh boy. I was like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do a rape right now, right? Like, oh yeah, for a minute that crossed my mind. I was like, uh, oh come on. I was like with this. No, I was like, like unless unless it ends with just before it happened, the predator like just completely eviscerates them, which would be fun to watch. It gives which when be the- fair, he did kill them all. He like he, d- he did when they're when characters are being assholes. It is really fun to like to root for the mm. predator in those sequences. Oh yeah, so I I did like that. I was happy when he when he got f- three darts to the face. Three darts <laughs> is too much. <laughs> <laughs> But that was good. Another guy got his arms lopped off before he got finished. Man, brutal! Some brutal stuff. I uh, one other note that I had heard from another party was that the uh, would have preferred more practical effects over like over some of the CG stuff during those sequences, which I agree with.
1: Um, yeah, I, I thought they did a good job overall of mixing it. Like the lion wasn't very good. No. Um, no. And some of the other animal stuff, some of it was okay, some of it not so much.
0: Cool, man. Well, that was a fun one. Fun one for episode yeah. 200. That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks the Six at thespintune.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for... Better call Saul. Al, what a tremendous show.
3: Yes. I was
0: so happy with how it all plays out in the end. And the way that they wrap it up within those last, like, what is it? Like, I guess like 10 minutes, like where it really, where it really like winds down and caps the story. I was like, it feels like there's so much to be resolved, but it all happens so quickly, and it's it's so digestible. I was just like, man, it's just it, you had a plan, <laughs> and you executed it really well. <laughs> and along the way, they had like some really fun rides, uh, and it just I was I was just really happy with the whole execution. It was just such a fun, unique show. Like to see Jimmy become Saul. And then become Jimmy again. <laughs> and, like, change direction. Um, and-
1: to see Jimmy become Saul, become Gene, and then become...
0: Sorry, I forgot about Gene. Forgot. Gene, then Saul, then Jimmy. Saul,
2: then Jimmy. <laughs> okay. He really,
1: <laughs> like, he really <laughs> like, built this whole thing and then unraveled it back in a row, right? Because yeah. he does become Saul briefly after he's caught as Gene. And yep. then ultimately gets to be Jimmy at the end. Yeah. Although, still still a hint of Saul. Because I, I, I think... There's an element after he arrives at prison on the bus that he made peace with the fact that, okay, this won't be as bad as I feared because for some reason I'm coming in with some level of cred because these people know me as Saul.
0: Right. Right. So it's like, still like he's still, he's always scheming. That's in his nature, but ultimately take finally taking ownership and, changing his direction which i thought was really it was really cool like after after everything he's been through it makes sense that he would either do that or die trying to do something else and he he went the route of kind of trying to turn it around even if it means even if it's kind of a it's not going to really be fruitful because like he's just going to be in prison for the rest of his life but like i guess like from a moral standpoint like he 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 turned it around and like to cut in that scene. One, I loved what they were doing in the final episode with the whole, um, if you had a time machine, what would you do? And then to cut in that scene with Chuck right at the end there of like him telling him, you can always change like your path. Like that was so powerful. And yeah. And it was,
1: it it was a whole thing, right? Like him referencing the time machine. Chuck had, the book, the time machine. Yeah. And earlier in the season, Jimmy had the book as well. Mm -hmm. So to see that whole, he he had, he had that idea of regret probably for most of his life, Mm -hmm. but yet couldn't communicate it effectively because he had to do it behind the facade of asking about the time machine, as well as when actually pressed on it, never giving a real true answer to the regret thing yeah um, I did really appreciate as much as that is clearly the worst version of Walt maybe the truest version of Walt, but the worst version mm-hmm. of Walt we we've we seen over the Breaking Bad run. He's so infuriating. I, I I hate anytime he's behaving like that on the screen like not yeah. just for the character like it's tough to watch the show in those moments and mm-hmm. I you know it's a testament because like that's that's who he is. but I did appreciate some of him cutting through the crap. Of like well, I guess at that time he saw, right? Yeah. Um where, you know, he's 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 asked, Just stop with these fucking questions about quantum mechanics and that you're asking about regret. Yeah. If you want to ask about regret, <laughs> let's just talk about regret. He sits <laughs> down for a minute finally like stops with his own manic thing. Let's have a conversation about regret. He has the conversation at the end of it after Jimmy can't be straight with him, for Walter again to just cut through all of it and really distill down what the whole arc of this entire show was. Oh, so you've always been like
3: this. (laughs) It
1: was such a fantastic line in that moment. The delivery was great. It's such a great reduction down to the core of this whole show is by hook or by crook. And I do think if he had had a kinder brother, might he have had a chance to be a better person? Yes. If he had
3: Mm -hmm.
1: met a version of Kim who was, had a healthier relationship with relationships. Mm-hmm. Might he have been a better version of himself, sure. But in the end, this is ultimately who he was. He could have tempered it. He could have been way less extremely that. People may not have died around him, but in the end, he was always going to try and get over on something.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's Even a, it was just
1: as simple as being slipping Jimmy for 300 bucks to get you through the summer worth of drink. Yeah.
0: Yep. I think it's really funny though because he's it's so it's so easy to make excuses for him along the way with the relationships that he has right, especially the ones with his brother. Of like, it makes sense that you would be this way, but ultimately it is your choice. And then, like you know, to your point, like this, you've always been this way. Yeah, it was ultimately his choice to be like he was. That is who he was. He was he was slipping Jimmy, and it's just yes, he is. I feel like he is. He is doing making a me, like a men's ish at the end turning it around not running anymore at least not running away, not running away from who he is anymore which is really part like i feel like it's kind of too sided right like he's he's stopping but he like you had said he's also got like this little game going on in the prison where he's really going to be just fine it's not going to be the ideal life but it, he's scheming and he's making deals and whatever and he's fine but the
1: point the point is he t- two things one he took accountability yeah and he is in prison. Like, yeah, it's not the true prison punishment that, that everyone else is for them, but he's still in prison, mm-hmm. a serious prison, and he's never getting out. And yeah. he can't be with the woman he loved, and he can't do the things he wanted, can't have the luxuries that he wanted. And, like, even if he is going to kind of be him with his schemes, he can't hurt anyone here anymore. No,
3: no. What I- he's doing
1: is largely harmless, which, uh, you know, a different version of him could have been... Seedy, mm-hmm. but didn't have to be outrageously criminal and resulting in the deaths of so many people. Right? He could have and been the the lawyer equivalent of the guy who slips for three hundred bucks.
0: Yep. And I really do believe that if he if he wanted to and Kim wasn't there, and that like he could have he could have gotten away. Like he he could have gotten that deal that he was working on. Like it would have worked, but he. Ultimately, didn't want her to suffer in any way, and I, I do love that they, I I love that their love is pure, like is true throughout the show. Like they do love each other, which is great, and it plays into it very heavily. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that even in the moments where he's plotting this whole thing to get this deal, basically, and like you know, kind of get out of it all, he even is playing angles in that in that he slipped i'm i'm certain that he slipped the name of the place that he absolutely did not want to go as a plan b where if he does go to prison he goes to this place because he made it clear that he doesn't want to be there and that's where they would put him in the worst case scenario if they really wanted to punish him and i do think that that all plays out in his favor in the end like it's all there's all of these little plans and like pockets that he has in play like
1: So that's interesting, because I actually viewed that whole thing as a different thing. I viewed that as irony more, Mm. where he had mentioned like the one thing, like, this is the worst possible outcome for me. And he executes this plan that will allow him to have the best possible outcome for him at this point, which isn't great, but not terrible, honestly. Yeah, Uh, Seven years of white collar, and you know he could have come back and been some sort of schemer afterwards, right? And he could have had a life, even if it wasn't perfect. It would have been a hell of a lot better than Gene, even if it wasn't as good as Saul. Mm-hmm. Um, and the price he has to pay to make good with the woman he loves and with himself is to pay the price of going to the worst possible place.
0: That, yeah, I, I can see that angle, too. I just really feel like that he he strategically maneuvered it so that if it were to go that way, he would go where he wants to go.
1: It, it's possible. I the only reason I push back on that is because he looks genuinely terrified on the bus before the guy starts the chance. Mm-hmm. If he had looked a little bit more comfortable in that, I think mm. I would be more willing. Like, I'm not saying what you're saying is impossible. And I do like, like it is kind of a clever thought and it would fit kind of within his framework. It's just, he looked like, you know, like any of us would be like, uh, I don't fucking go to the worst possible prison in the, in the damn state. Like what the hell? And, all these guys are staring at me and I'm terrified and I'm half a foot shorter than everyone (laughs) and all that stuff and I'm an older guy at this point and you know it was kind of hilarious when they start that whole chant Um, I I also loved um, was it before then it must have been before then I think when he's sitting in the cell and he sees the uh, (laughs) the sign on the wall and the ceiling (laughs) about like my lawyer will kick your your ass or something like that (laughs)
0: Yeah, and the, he just the, starts the like, maniacal laughing. That was good. <laughs> I like the the scene cut when he is in prison and he's at the dough machine again, and it looks just like when he was doing the Cinnabons. And it, I think there's a really cool like framing there of like he wasn't in an actual prison, but he was in prison <laughs> doing that. Like he was like he was locked into this life that he couldn't get out of because like he was almost already serving time because he had to live this way. Absolutely. That was really cool. Uh, Also, it's funny because it
1: it kind of, all of that worked along with, there was this whole, I don't call it a theory exactly, but there was this sentiment that the reason all of the gene stuff was in black and white was at that point he had lost his color. He basically was in prison. His life Mm -hmm. was drab and gray. It doesn't actually quite work with the way the final season played out because they started adding hints of color here and there. And I, I think it really was just used as a framing device to show the differentiation of the, the points in the timeline. But mm-hmm. I do like that for a lot of it, it reads as an element of that. I thing about this is like a colorless and bland yeah. existence. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times, mostly we did see the color really did kind of harken back to times when he wasn't gene. Yeah. Um, I think if they wanted to really play that up, it it actually kinda might have been cool even to when he's being Saul because from what I understand it in the script, like Peter Gold kind of confirmed this. Alan wall. asked him about it was the scripts actually reflect who he is at any given moment. Where it could transition from in the script it calling him Gene to then it calling him Saul, even though someone isn't calling him one name or the other based Mm -hmm. on his behavior and the framing from which he's perpetrating whatever it is The
0: three characters that he plays.
1: Yes, yeah, that's because there are pretty distinct, t- you know, right? Like he's Gene, he gets arrested, he's still mostly Gene, and then he flips on a switch and he's Saul all
0: of a mm-hmm. oh, man. And That he, transition he is can- actually terrifying.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, when he's Saul in the courtroom and he capitulates and he decides to be Jimmy again, right? Yeah. When he goes on his whole rant that blows up the whole plea deal.
0: You know, I feel like there's a hidden character in there. Of when he when he decides to go back to the house, like a kind of aggressively, like I'm going back and we're ripping off this guy who has cancer, like that's like Is a whole Victor other there? beast that he's being. Is he Victor? Victor,
1: wasn't that their name, Victor and Giselle? Oh, when they did their scams, remember? Maybe. That he was, yeah. the, I can't. I can't remember the last name. Remember, they they played those, yeah. those, those siblings, Victor and Giselle. They had some sort of like um, Scandinavian last name or something like that. I think or German. last that, name, that
0: that's a good take. I I like that. I I am still curious. Like, obviously, I I do like you oh, know. This of, was
1: speak of Krugering and I hate to I hate to put this sour note on it, but the first scam victim when him and and Jeffy and and the was it Buddy mm-hmm. came up with their whole plan, which was. Actually, frankly, terrifyingly brilliant, but and all that. Yeah,
0: first guy he scams, you know who that is, right? I don't remember who it was. I'd have to see his face again.
1: Uh, It was Buzz from
0: Home Alone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes.
1: But I just, unfortunately, that. right before we were on here, I was scrolling through some stuff online. I just saw he's apparently under investigation for some sort of abuse or sexual oh, assault or like that, which, like, like, literally just came down that that was, like, today or whatever. Oh. It's like, oh, shit, it was just, like, a kind of a cool thing when I noticed and oh, recognized him, like, Like three weeks ago and now like whatever so like i said i'm sorry to put a sour note on that like it kind of came full circle and all that but yeah like that whole thing was very victor and giselle when they scammed the uh the tequila out of the guy Mm -hmm. and um yeah the whole way he's behaving in the house where he's swaggering around he's stealing the alcohol and he's gonna steal the watch and yeah did like the worst stupidest way that was just never ever going to work out and like I'd love to know actually what was going on there. Is it well, fatalism? Is yeah. It, that's, arrogance? it, it almost it?
0: seems like it, it's, and it keeps walking that line between that. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, I could see the arrogant side of it where he's like, you know, he's getting back into this and he's like, I am good at this. Like I got this, but there's also the point of like, you gotta want to be caught at this point, the way that he's doing it. Yeah.
1: The way he's doing it. Absolutely.
0: It's so, it really is. So interesting. he's such a complex character and he doesn't understand it fully. Like he doesn't, I, I feel like his actions are so emotional. And while the execution is very methodical and thought out and like, I feel like his motivation is like super emotional in any given moment. So it's really kind of fun to watch because it almost seems like he doesn't necessarily like completely get the reason he does certain things. I feel like, which is just kind of cool to watch. I, it is
1: funny how, how emotional all of that clearly is despite the fact that he always plays such a, I don't want to say stoic exactly in the sense that like he can be big, Mm -hmm. but it's clearly he puts on this facade that he's in some sort of control. Even being big, it's like he's above it all
0: confidence, man.
1: And so clearly (laughs) is not above it all. And so clearly is not in control.
0: Yeah, it's really, it it really is fascinating. I will say there's one thing I'm not too hung up on it, but we've talked about this over the years, watching the show that like, it really felt like it transitioned to being uh, to where Jimmy and Kim were like co leads. Yeah. And then by this finale, it is the wrap up of Jimmy's story. And like, are we going to get an El Camino? Like, what are we, what are we getting to wrap up Kim's story?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I guess we could get like maybe a super dark, tense courtroom drama of her, Going through the oh,
0: whole thing, my right? God, that super intense scene where she says that she she can't do it because I'm no longer a lawyer. I was like, oh, <laughs> of all the things that you were about to
1: say, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that was a mic drop, yeah. mic drop moment. But no, between her and the, uh, I totally forgot what Howard's wife, ex-wife, whatever it was, his name was. But yeah, that whole stuff was pretty devastating, and mm-hmm. I, you know, even though Jimmy doesn't end up. Going to record with what he was gonna say. Kim's probably not out of the woods. It's gonna really be dependent upon whether the wife decides to go after her. And at that point, yeah, she's clearly a broken man with haunted past. So uh, what's the <laughs> point? And like, what are you gonna
0: do? Sorry, she just- comes to check in on me. Who's there? Haunted past. <laughs> haunted past.
1: <laughs> Guess who's a broken man.
0: Haunted
2: past. <laughs>
1: I <laughs> uh, love that like what are you getting out of that at that point you're mm-hmm. not getting any money from her she's not gonna go to jail it's only can be civil like what what's the yep. point of that? like other than like petty vindictiveness which like certainly she's entitled to
3: mm-hmm.
2: at
1: least to a point um but what's to be gained mm-hmm. really
0: yeah the uh i had to say like of all the people that are like living in prison kim's her, the first, like, actual time we get to spend with her after all this in the black and white sequences was just so hard to watch. the The party and the dinner and the TV. It was just, it was, hard. it was so horrible. I was
1: dying inside watching her die inside. I know.
0: <laughs> oh my and god! And on top and of the that, The sex scene was so. Yep. Yep. Literally. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Sex scene
1: <laughs> in the history of sex. Scenes. You
0: want to go to the Outback next week? That's 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 what follows that up. I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. Yikes. Um. Yup. Yup. That's <laughs> that's what we're gonna consider like getting hot and heavy and like doing some dirty talk. Is yup. Yup. Not even like like as even just like the repeated use of like an oh yeah would be like oh okay like technically fine sure whatever but like it's a bit much. Who no You do not deploy the word yup in any sexual context. Yeah. It does not no. It's too casual and cavalier for and even if it was someone propositioning you with like hey, want to have sex? Yup. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> How about no. <laughs> let alone to be the thing that you keep repeating during sex. How? How does it even cross
3: your mind? Yeah, uh, I don't know.
1: I uh, want to pick uh, I want to know. I want to know. Was it in the script? Did they say, oh, "Okay, man. You, you or you guys are going to have a sex scene? Just be obnoxious. Just be the most obnoxious, bland person you can be." Oh, okay.
0: Yup. Yep. You got to all losing it. Yeah. If that were the case, there's definitely an outtake of everybody hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> i I
1: would love the behind the scenes on just that stupid stupid
0: scene yeah oh my god yep uh the only the other thing with her her horrible miserable existence that she's living in is like what is the worst and you know no offense if this is your job sorry it's just so it sounds so boring but what is the worst possible thing that we can have her do like the most like the, bo- the mo- selling like sprinkler heads, like what is she even doing? It was like sprinkler inventory.
1: <laughs> she wasn't even like, yeah, she was in charge of like the catalog. She wasn't even <laughs> doing the sales. But of course, uh, she's doing it in classic Kim Wexler way, right? Where she's like relentlessly researching the yeah. differentiations so that she could write thrilling ad copy for fucking sprinkler heads.
0: Mm-hmm. I do love also, when she gets when she goes to volunteer at that place though and starts to like get back to herself.
1: Yeah, no, it was great, and you anticipate that that's she's going to probably go back and do more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I love the double entendre of that episode being titled "Waterworks," considering that's where she worked, and also her just losing it on the bus. Which yeah, if we if, if we don't finally get her and, <laughs> and Bob and Kirk Emmys after this season. But especially her. Yeah. Even though, to be fair, as, as great as she was this season, this wasn't even, like, her best... No. ...work. But at this I point, think, I'll bl- take... At this point, I want not be mad about the Lifetime Achievement Award because they fucked it up so many times the other seasons they could have been doing it. Mm-hmm. Just fucking get it
0: right. Yeah. No. Man. That, what an intense show. Really good. It makes me want to rewatch Breaking Bad. I, I like... Well, like, I do... Currently, I do feel like I am in favor of Better Call Saul, but I I, I wouldn't... I would really need to... It's been so long since I've seen Breaking Bad that I don't think it's fair for me to make that call without, like, watching it again.
1: I've seen it basically all the way through twice. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, because I watched it on my own right after it ended, Mm. and then a few years ago, I basically watched the whole thing with Dominic. Like, he, he watched a couple episodes without me during mm-hmm. it, but like I basically watched the whole thing.
3: Yeah.
1: And they're both phenomenal shows in their own ways, and some of those ways are similar, and, and quite a few of them are different. Um, they both really... I think what it comes down to with finales is you have to really, really understand your characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason both of them nailed... The finale so well was they so by the end so fundamentally understood their characters that they wrote what was true to those characters and whether it was good bad happy sad it just it ends up feeling right even if every yeah. single detail doesn't one hundred percent work or really get you going and excited it d- doesn't have to because it just felt so fundamentally authentic to who they were and who mm-hmm. they were at those moment at the end.
0: Uh. So good. Well, that was an absolute treat. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad. Like I feel like another season or two, it could have overstayed its welcome. I'm glad they had. Like it was. I feel like the story was nice and tight. It had a really, it really fascinating and engaging arc the whole way through. Like it was just really, watching the character evolve into the one that we knew from Breaking Bad and then go past that, all like, like very cohesively in the run of this series was just excellent.
1: I would love to see someone do a project where they split this show up mostly chronologically, both the, the two shows, mm. if there was a way to split them up in a way that like made sense, every single flashback and forward probably wouldn't work, but it would probably yeah. be really cool to watch this as like Jimmy becoming Saul handing it off to Walt becoming Heisenberg. Yeah, and then r- wrapping it up with Saul becoming Gene, and then ultimately being brought to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, it it would probably be a bit clunky. It doesn't work perfectly, but you could work the vast majority of that properly. It would probably be kind of cool to see how that all held up. Yeah. Watching that story unfold in that way, I agree. Um, I think my kind of my last thoughts on this is uh, I, I've seen and heard other people observe this and, and and I had kind of sort of been subconsciously thinking it and to, to hear people verbalize it, it, it really coalesced for me is it is interesting, entertaining, funny, ironic, however, what you want to phrase it, maybe it's a bit of all those things. Of all the terrible people in these shows, and by and large, they were mostly terrible, for all of them to end up dead or disappeared. That only Saul to be left going to prison is kind of wild, right? Yeah. Walt, Gus, Mike, and a whole litany of other people involved ended up dead. Or, in Jesse and Kim's case, shunted off into either hiding or exile. Mm -hmm. And it's just him left holding the bag in prison. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And to to be fair, I always kind of viewed him as more tangential. I did think it was interesting that the show at the end chose to reframe him as not even just a co conspirator, but even possibly the active reason why Walt was able to. I was the brains of
0: the organization.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but not just like he. That scene with the RV, at first, I kind of was like, well, what's the point of that? But then, like, looking back at the way that the show ended. With his different versions of the first, you know, the pitiable one where, oh, I was afraid.
0: Yeah. That my was my introduction to Walter thing. White.
1: <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, basically everything he said in that story was true from mm-hmm. a certain point of view. Yeah. Uh, and then the next version he did where you could see everyone making the dawning realization of, oh, fuck, this is a master class of acting. Yeah. And manipulation. As he peels back layers on that and the other thing. And then you look back at it and it's, oh, God, he... Almost, to a certain extent, is kind of a Palpatine-esque puppet master.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I don't think he anticipated, and he kind of fell into that role. I don't think he really intended for it to go that way. Right. But I don't think he was upset when he realized what, what it did. sway he held. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Man, what a treat. It'll be a while before we ha- have another show of that caliber. Like, there's something special in the writing of, the, of both of those shows. That It's
1: all about the writing.
0: Yep. <sighs> all
3: right. See you next week.